Are you sick and tired of ads? Well, this is an ad telling you that you don't need to listen to ads. Stitcher Premium has some of your favorite shows ad-free, like The Joe Rogan Experience, My Favorite Murder, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, and the Marvel original, Wolverine the Long Night. It also includes early access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, comedy albums, and more. Go to stitcherpremium.com and upgrade your account for only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year. Plus, sign up and use our offer code, CAPED, at checkout and get your first month for free. That's CAPED, C-A-P-E-D, for your first month free. Stitcher Premium. It's like Stitcher, but premium. This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. citizens welcome to the forks of potitude i'm dave michaels i'm brian betts and we are the cape podcasters this is the show that can do this all day oh i see what you did there all day captain america it's a cappy movie it mostly kind of it, he's it's there sort of a captain america movie he's by there. title by that's it yeah it's right there in the middle of the title exactly and also right there in the middle of the title is our our guest we wanted someone who's not very opinionated at all for this one so naturally we brought in ryan from the experience grind podcast i'm honestly glad you put that out there because now i will have no remorse for the amount of opinions that are gonna flow from my mouth that's a good place for them to flow from first of all i have a few you might be surprised i have a few But I think this is one of those, me and you might be on the same page. I know it doesn't happen often, but I I have a good feeling about this one. We'll We'll see see. how many of those opinions he pulls out of his ass instead. Hey! (laughs) (laughs) Today we are talking about Captain America Civil War from 2016, directed by the Russo Brothers. Ah, yes, of you, me, and Dupree fame. That's their most famous movie. I don't know what you're going to say next. Welcome to Collinwood? Was that their other one? Was it? You got me on that one. I I know that movie, though. They did yeah. uh, 14 episodes of Arrested Development and 32 of Community. I know that. Mm-hmm. That's impressive, actually. Mm-hmm. Did they put in as much exposition in those episodes they did in these movies? <laughs> I mean, um, Arrested Development is nothing but making fun of exposition. That's <laughs> <true>. very true. It's <laughs> true. These guys did, they did Winter Soldier, too, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Or was that some other guy? Yeah. Yep, they sure did. Okay. They did the Winter Soldier, checks out then. and they did a couple more later on. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> We all know how this one kind of plays out. I'm going to ask you boys right up front. Yeah. Are you guys Team Cap or Team Iron Man? Ryan, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, You had to know this question was coming. I did. In the comics, it's clearly easily Team Cap. They make Iron Man a villain in the comics, and it's much... Big time. It's much harder in the movies, I think, to uh, pick sides. I think they both are coming from uh, very reasonable places, though I think Tony's is a bit more emotional. And I think ultimately where Cap stands on kind of freedom is ultimately where I stand in my viewpoint. So I'm, I am Team Cap on this one. All right, Brian. I 100% agree with what he just said. All right, well, I 100% agree as well. All right, we're all Team we're Cap. We're all Team Cam. <laughs> Go figure, the title character. Ah. They got us. The Russos, they know what they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) This is adapted from the Mark Miller comic that came out, was it 15 years ago? Something like that at this point? I don't know. I don't know dates anymore. Time doesn't matter anymore. (laughs) The last 10 years I've been in quarantine, so. Exactly. It's very loosely based on that. They took the 
basic premise and said, make this. And they said, okay. Take the characters we have, adapt it, go. Right. And don't include the X-Men, don't include the Fantastic Four, don't include any other like characters out there, just the ones we know. I have a good feeling this one's going to be a, a longie to talk about, so let's get right into this thing. Yeah, let's get into this. In 1991, Hydra operatives revive Bucky Barnes from the Walt Disney cryogenic freezer facility. Right. They break into Disney and they go, Walt? No, it's Bucky. Ah, wrong uh, one, but okay. let's unfreeze him anyway. We'll use him anyway. <laughs> they use a set of conditioned trigger words to brainwash him into becoming the Winter Soldier, and they order him to intercept an automobile and recover Gogo Squeeze's new super secret blue raspberry applesauce flavor prototype. <laughs> 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 that's fantastic first of all i have a question for you yeah <laughs> did anyone else find it strange that one of the trigger words is homecoming yes um i don't find it that strange but i mean strange in context but not in why they're doing it okay fair enough it stood out that's all i'm really getting at. oh definitely at the time it didn't but now big time we cut to present day captain america black widow falcon and scarlet witch you know them you've seen the other movies they're tracking Brock Rumlow. You remember him from the elevator and Winter Soldier? <laughs> well, he plans to steal a biological chemical weapon from the Institute for Infectious Diseases in Lagos, Nigeria. All the exposition. Oh, yeah. yeah. All of it. It's insane. <laughs> so much. So much. And it's all, it's all in the walkie-talkies, so you know it's natural. Come on. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And it's all for maybe eight minutes of screen time that really only is there to set up. Hey, sometimes yep. heroes have tr- casualties. That's 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 it. That's all this exposition is for. Yep. So Rumlow sends a full garbage truck to ram the gate, and then they swarm the place. You know, as you do. After a pretty badass fight and subsequent chase scene, Natasha retrieves the vial of whatever terrible disease it is, <clears throat> coronavirus, and Cap <laughs> corners Rumlow, who blows himself up with a bomb vest in an attempt to take Cap with him. Uh, Wanda contains the explosion, but she loses control of her powers and it inadvertently destroys a nearby building, as you do. Right. Yeah. Wanda picked an entire bouquet of oopsie daisies on this one. Sure mm-hmm. did. That's just going to kick it off. It's really a MacGuffin explosion. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It, it's like, hey, we got to tie up loose ends for the last movie and also start this one. So let's just, yeah. eh, that guy, let's blow him up. Cool. I got a question. Yeah. About this whole entire opening, because this opening is fast. Yep. Yeah. It's it, all it, set up. Jumps right it into it. It plays. Yeah, it plays like a James Bond movie where you're in an exotic location, you're running through the streets, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada is happening. And then I'm just waiting to hear like, golden eye play like <laughs> after this whole sequence. I'm waiting for it. Oh, yeah. No, they should have had like a title track like Captain America Civil War. <laughs> uh, that actually came about 10 years before the real title track for this movie should have been America. <laughs> fuck Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. And it's it's shot and edited like a James Bond movie. Like specifically, I was getting uh very Casino Royale. Very Casino Royale feels. Yep. Um okay. and that's a good thing. I thought it was a really fun, quick opening. Uh also got the intro- introduction of uh Red Wing here, which I thought was I was just was gonna say, so are nice. you telling me that Falcon's drone came from Q? Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. He built it in a lab with scraps. With scraps. <laughs> At MIT, Tony Stark is demonstrating the barf technology. 
a piece of technology aimed to recreate and relive old memories and follows with a speech where he introduces a grant being awarded to all the students, giving them the proper funding to move forward with their own inventions and ideas and whatever. Surely Barf will never come back. It won't, but this is just a big swinging dick moment. Yeah, he's like, hey, That's all it is. I got enough money to give all you students whatever you want to do, whatever. Leaving the stage, Jim fucking Rash. Oscar winner Jim Rash. Who I can only assume is playing a dean of some sort. He asks if faculty will also be included in the grant, uh, because why not? Uh, I love him. Inconsequential to the entire plot of the movie, but he needs to be mentioned because he's Jim Rash. He's great. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Off stage. Tony is confronted by Miriam Sharp, whose son was killed in the battle with Ultron in Sokovia, crushed by a building that the Avengers had knocked down. Tony feels pretty bad about it. So this stands in for the whole Stamford mom in the comic books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had the New Warriors reality show, and they blew up the, the nuke, and yada yada, people died, and then the guilt trip on Tony, and... Damn it, Marcus mm. McFeely erasing Connecticut history. <laughs> it's all we had. <laughs> so this is the first of... Theme scenes, man, lots of uh, theme scenes in this one. I think they're all really well done and tie in. But uh, this and the previous scene, not the barf scene, but the one right before feel very much like the opening intro text in a comic book for new readers to pick up. Just in case you've not seen Avengers 1 and 2, here's what you need to know. And this is right. why Tony Stark's feeling bad. And this is why, um, yeah. which I don't Last mind. Last week on The Avengers. It definitely feels like that in these first few scenes. You're completely right. And we're also going to get there a little later on. You're completely right. Back at the Avengers headquarters, the team is visited by Stark and Secretary of State Thaddeus Ross to remind them that the Incredible Hulk is in. It's, it's canonical. <laughs> we finally got it back. It finally came back. Oh, oh man. Good for them. <laughs> they did it. It's our, isn't that like a true zero on our super sub scale? Isn't that what we gave it? I believe it is a flat zero. Amazing. <laughs> Thaddeus Ross explains that due to the events in Lagos, the United Nations has decided the Avengers can no longer be allowed to operate privately. To that end, the Avengers are presented with the Sokovia Accords. Ratified by 117 countries, the Accords establish a UN panel to control the Avengers' movements and monitor and police the rapidly growing number of enhanced individuals. Who boy. <laughs> Seems bad. Uh, did we mention there's exposition in this movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sometimes they have to really go into detail about the things that are happening right now <laughs> all the time. The amount of exposition here is just mind-blowing it is oh, you even get an entire clip show it's like you remember what happened in new york hey do you remember what happened in washington dc you remember what happened in sokovia if this was two girls one cup then the exposition is definitely the two girls and the audience is the one cup that's really <laughs> how this one's playing out because there's just so much can you happening can you wow. further <laughs> explain that because i'm not quite sure where the process sure. goes at a certain point in the two girls one cup analogy let me explain it in a little uh, layman's terms. You ever seen like a frozen yogurt machine? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Uh. So, you know, whenever you pull that handle and the two girls shit everywhere <laughs> in the cup. <laughs> I didn't know there was a handle. The, on the frozen yogurt machine, there is. Got on the it. butts, there's Got not. It. There's not a handle on the butts. <laughs> the handle is uh, daddy issues. <laughs> That's what makes you film someone shitting into a cup is daddy <laughs> issues. 
<laughs> well, not necessarily the shitting into the cup, but then the things that they do with the shitting in the cup afterwards. I would, I would uh, go. So, what would the shitting that's... into the cup be psychologically? Uh, I mean, oh, thirsty. You have to be... They're thirsty for attention. <laughs> that's their hook to get the <laughs> gets people watching. Is that it? Is that it? That's that's got to be it. Do you think that much thought went into it? It went viral, so there has to be thought. <laughs> that's my things fantasy. just don't go viral yeah. for no reason. <laughs> Just, just somebody really, really thirsty, so thirsty that they are forced to, drink to get me a cup. Get me a cup. I'm <laughs> drink thirsty. a cup of shit. <laughs> good. So the team is divided over the act. <laughs> Stark supports government oversight because he feels guilty for his role in creating Ultron and the devastation Ultron caused. He also feels that the Avengers need to take more responsibility for the consequences of their actions, like when he discovered Stark Industries was secretly shipping weapons to the Ten Rings. And he shut it down. Sure. <laughs> Cap worries that the Avengers may be compromised if a panel comes under the control of a nefarious third party, like when S.H.I.E.L.D. was infiltrated by Hydra. They both have reasons. That's actually good storytelling. Good writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Ross tells them that refusing to sign the Accords will be seen as an act of resignation. That's not how resignations work. Nope. <laughs> you don't just go, you're refusing, you have to resign. Give me your powers. <laughs> Hang up your powers on your way out the door. <laughs> well, if you don't sign yeah. the contract, also, I have you a can't daughter. play the game. I have a daughter, damn it, and she's never mentioned ever again. Why? I don't know either. I'm Thaddeus Ross. <laughs> <laughs> We're going for a new record on characters brought back. We'll see, Liv Tyler. We'll see. <laughs> we won't. Yeah, She-Hulk. She's never coming we'll back. See. I bet if you asked Liv Tyler if she wants to come back, she would say, is that the one with the hobbits? <laughs> oh, man. Maybe. She has no clue. I, yeah. Yeah. I just don't think there's any any reason to bring her back at this point. Is that the one where Ben Affleck put animal crackers in my panties? <laughs> yes. Yes, that one. And my dad sang a song over to it to make it real sexy. <laughs> yeah. Serenade this moment, dad. That's what I want to do. I want to <laughs> completely bone to a song that my dad is singing. Great. <laughs> Nothing gets me going more than that. Are we all forgetting about the time she did sexy videos for her dad's band? Yeah, talk about daddy issues. It's a real shock that she's not one of the two girls. (laughs) Do we know she's not? And it's just not an elaborate, like, uh, what's the face swap thing? One of those? The face technology? The deep fakes. The deep fakes. Thank you. Oh, yes, that's what they're called. I am getting more and more old man every day. Lola, uh, they they do two things. They de-age Robert Downey Jr. and they cover up Liv Tyler's face in Two Girls, One Cup. Yeah. We did just talk about music videos, so we just aged all of us. That's true. Where would you see those music videos? MTV, perhaps? (laughs) We're old. That's not what's there? All right. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, the retired Russian Armed Forces colonel slash Hydra operative that ordered Bucky to get those sweet blue MacGuffin bags back in 1991 is ambushed by Helmut Zemo, who asks for information regarding said mission. Naturally, he refuses, forcing Zemo to kill him, and then take a sledgehammer to his walls to find the journal with the trigger words. Oh, man, this scene. <laughs> yep. I really I, I really enjoy a lot about this scene. I like the, uh, the subversion of expectation with the creepy guy not being the uh the predator but being the victim here um and zemo like the unassuming like person knocking on the door coming in but (laughs) then the way he goes out is insanely poorly shot 
During their debate about the Accords, Cap gets a text that Peggy croaked and abruptly leaves for her funeral in London. <laughs> Let's talk about this funeral. Uh, yeah. Um, how how often right. do you see funerals that are what's the word MacGuffins? <laughs> I was I was gonna say. Um, uh, first, we get to learn that Sharon Carter is Peggy's great niece, as if we didn't see that coming in the last movie. Right. Uh, the last name is a giveaway. Yeah, and then she delivers a eulogy that John Favreau wrote for her. <gasps> Whoa! <laughs> I did find it weird. I didn't put that together, but she was just smashing her knuckles against the lectern. Yeah, yeah. At it's the church, all about how uh, you should never back down from what you believe in. There's nothing heavy-handed about that eulogy. <laughs> Marcus McFeely are good writers, huh? Uh, I, 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 again, I don't, Dave. I can never fucking read your sarcasm meter to tell when <laughs> you're being like straight or not. I honestly think they are. And again, this is like themes. Every scene needs to have like a reason for being to either like propel yeah. a character forward or like tie into yeah. the themes of a movie. I agree. MacGuffins. Yeah, I know. I do. I like I know I they think work. This is shit. I think it's real good. I think it's real solid fucking writing. No, it's good because in Raiders of the Lost Ark, you do have the Ark of the Covenant, which acts as a MacGuffin throughout the entire movie. It's the through point. It's mm -hmm. what they're going after, yada, yada, and it gets to the end. We all know how they open it up in Melty Faces. Fine. We we understand that. Right. In here, I'm half expecting the <laughs> the casket of Peggy Carter <laughs> to open up and melt the audience's faces because it's that much of a MacGuffin here in order to get Cap on that horse of... It's time to go underground. Oh, he was he was already on that horse. I think he was already on the fence by this point. He was Absolutely. still not so fully convinced. Why kill a character to make him really double down on it? ABC Disney had a had a, a reason to do it, but not yeah. important I, when it comes right. to the film world. <laughs> if we're going film theory theory wise and character and internal like logic of the script. All of this is happening to make everybody at their peak emotional, like, high. Like, Tony is at peak, like, self-reflection of, like, what he's done. Like, we'll see more right. shit come to light later. But, like, with to the point where he's and actually... Bucky and then now Peggy, yeah. like, his only constant is now gone. He is at an emotional low for the character. Every every character is like at their at the emotional rope, so to speak, here. And this is They're why they totally make it. their ramped up decisions later. And I think that's I totally why. understand it. Yeah, he is at his emotional peak here and he's at his kind of his is it a moral low, ethical low? What would you describe Cap as? I feel like no, he's taking a stand for his morals and ethics. Mm hmm Not yet he's not. When Peggy croaks he does. I think that's when it really kicks into gear after the whole eulogy. But let's not forget Indiana Jones that his entire low when he was tied up on, on the stake and he says, close your eyes. And that's when uh, that's when the face is melted because of the MacGuffin. Man, and you are all of a sudden he's lifted. Have, are, are you only familiar with the Ark of the Covenant as <laughs> like, is that the only movie MacGuffin? Is that your reference here? <laughs> It is, but let me leave you with one word, and this is going to end the episode. So, okay. same pod time, same pod rosebud. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, okay. so he knows two. Okay. I know both of them. I was I also the waiting for uh, all of Well, there's three, because there's also the casket of Peggy Carter. There's uh, three MacGuffins in film history. <laughs> there it is. Bam. That's a master class. You're welcome, everybody. I mean, honestly, I think the, the main MacGuffin in this movie is... 
Jesus Christ. I don't know. There's so many. <laughs> Jesus Christ is not in this movie. Yeah. He nope. is. Unless you're talking about Bucky because of he the hair. Is. Oh. He is. He is. That's that father, that all-powerful father figure <laughs> in the Marvel you're right. universe. Um, Howard no, Watcher, Stark? they call him. Yeah. Yeah, we see him a little bit in this movie. He pops in. Yeah. No, you're right about everybody being at their emotional low. Like, even Tony has talked about his mom for the first time in any movie. Right. Yeah. Because it's convenient now. <laughs> Because well, <laughs> emotions, man. I got well, so many emotions. This is this is also interesting. Like the whole background for this. This is the start of Phase Three, but this is yeah, also this is? the start of Marvel Studios proper. This is when they right, got away correct. from Ike Perlmutter and all of his really backwards fucking decisions in the first two phases and all of that shit, which I'm I you guys have talked about and is out there for everybody to look up, but. This is when they were able to kind of just do whatever they wanted to. Right. And Kevin it, Feige had the reins. But let me ask you this question. Who had it more backwards? Yo. Ike Perlmutter or Avi Arid? Oh, Avi Arid can suck. Um, mm. <laughs> That's interesting because they're both pieces of shit, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> Ike Perlmutter, I, I don't know. I He... I don't know. He roadblocked a lot of shit for a long time, and that kind of frustrates me. Like he's the reason we didn't have Wasp earlier on. You're right. As we could have. Yeah, absolutely like, right. So many other things, and that kind of I don't know. That definitely. I think that's the reason. I more. think they're both the reason why Gal Gadot said, "Yeah, I'll go DC." Yeah, y- this is fine. Understand? I don't need to stick so, with yeah. my fellow Israelites. <laughs> I'll go DC. <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> Perlmutter tried to write Iron Man out of this movie. Because Tony Stark was wanting too much money. He was he was going to be yeah. too expensive. Let's do Civil War. This is Ike Perlmutter. We're going to have Captain America. He's going to fight uh, Black Lincoln. Widow. Abraham Lincoln <laughs> in Gettysburg. <laughs> we'll just get some of those C-list Avengers. Yeah, originally Robert Downey Jr. was only going to be shooting for three weeks. He had a minor role. And then he's like, uh, no, I want more. I want more money. And Perlmutter was like, yeah, yeah no, I saw Spider-Man Homecoming. I know how it works. Well, that hasn't uh, come out yet, Dave, so that's impossible. <laughs> With this insane amount of money that he got for filming one day. And, yeah. Well, right. this is what set that precedent, <laughs> because he had a small part, and then Perlmutter was like, no, write him out. And then they were like, um, you can't write Iron Man out of Civil War. So then, you know, Robert Downey Jr. ended up with only five minutes less screen time than Chris Evans, the title character. It, it does go a little bit further than that. Robert Downey Jr., actually, this is where he stuck his foot down. For the other cast members who were not getting, like, equal compensation, I think what I remember reading was, like, he was getting maybe five to six million for his appearance in Civil War when Scarlett Johansson and uh, a few of the other, like, other Avengers were getting $200,000. And Robert Downey Jr. pretty much was like, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna be out. And that's when Avi Arad was like, well, just... Kick him out. We don't want him in this movie. Write him out. Whatever. We don't care. And then Kevin Feige went around Perlmutter up to the Disney guy. Is that Alan Horn? Bob Iger. Bob Iger. Bob Iger. That's right. And I think that's that's it. So in fairness, like Robert Downey Jr. did make a ton of money. But I also, from what I remember hearing, I think he did stick up for like the other cast members to help them get a little bit more and. I do remember Arad and all them. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that happened, but I also think he forgot to text J- uh, Jeremy Renner that day. Oh well, I mean, 
He was he was busy putting on the guy liner. That takes so long. So You're not long. wrong about that. You're not wrong. Also, uh, I'm not going to stop talking about that guy liner. I will never stop talking about that guy liner. So while all this is happening, Vision is hitting on Wanda, but also keeping her on house arrest. It's complicated out here for an android. <laughs> In Vienna, several heads of state have gathered for the ratification of the Accords. Natasha meets the Prince of Wakanda, T'Challa, and his father, King T'Chaka. Some of the Lagos victims were from Wakanda, so T'Chaka takes the podium for the keynote address while T'Challa notices security personnel surrounding a van parked outside. An explosion rips through the building, killing the king. I'm going to assume others as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But others, mostly but the king. Mostly just the king. Most importantly, the king of Wakanda. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When security cameras reveal the suspect as Bucky Barnes, T'Challa wants revenge. <laughs> exactly. Nailed it. <laughs> Following a tip from Sharon Carter, Cap and Falcon go to Bucharest to bring in Bucky themselves against Black this Widow's is a advice. Fucking James Bond movie. They are world traveling <laughs> right now. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, if you're trying to develop a movie that has stakes for the whole world, you gotta visit the whole world. It's true. Ex- oh, you have to visit most of the world. If you have 117 <laughs> places countries off. ratifying these accords, you better visit 117 countries. Man, they're getting <laughs> awfully close. <laughs> We're at like five countries right now. It's ridiculous. It's insane. Yeah. Steve finds Bucky just as his apartment is descended upon by a military task force. They fight their way out of the building and nearby rooftops where Falcon and the Black Panther join the fight, eventually making it down to street level and naturally turning it into a motorcycle chase. Naturally. Mm-hmm. All this illegal, by the way, now. Right. Because of the accords. Because of the accords that I don't think were actually ratified because there was a big explosion at the meeting. But anyway. Right. Honda mm-hmm. still owns mm-hmm. the right to Accord. It's not so much a superhero thing right now. Right. It wasn't signed. Right. Yeah. It would have to be like a Sokovia R8 to pass in this movie. Because of Audi, and we all know how that works out with Marvel movies. Yes. Right. <sighs> the chase comes to an end when they collapse the roof above a tunnel, flip an Audi SUV, and War Machine corners them <laughs> with the military task force. Bucky is captured. Cap, Falcon, and T'Challa are arrested. And things proceed, I guess. <laughs> And this right here is one of the most interesting things I've ever seen in a Marvel movie. Uh, Which part? Right this second. Because as they get arrested, you have the Black Panther chasing everyone down. They can't shake the guy. He's just everywhere. He kicks every ass that's ever existed. Yep. Black Panther's amazing. Once he's arrested, the Black Panther pulls his mask off. And it's T'Challa. T'Challa. And this was one of the first times I've ever thought about this with a Marvel movie. These movies at this point are so big that you obviously have your comic book fans, but you also have your just movie watching fans. Mm -hmm. And when T'Challa pulls that mask off, it's a reveal. Right. That the Black Panther is T'Challa, the guy we just met, the really nice guy who's all about diplomacy, yada, yada, yada. This was not for comic book fans because obviously we know that. Right. This blew my mind. This is a reveal for just casual moviegoers. Is the first time that I was able to pick out that Marvel Mm. was playing to casual moviegoers. Oh wow. Yeah, I you're absolutely right. Hmm. Hmm. How ridiculous is that moment when you think about it? Now it's obviously it's a throwaway. It's a complete throwaway. But the thing is that what's to come, obviously, it's the start of phase three. This right here is the start of everything in my mind. Yeah, yeah, they spent two phases building up these characters in this world, and now they just get to play in it. That's exactly it. For the most part, that's exactly it. 
That is a fantastic, wonderful story, and I will cherish that story forever. <laughs> that said, this is but <laughs> this is phase three, and this is the second movie the Russos did. The first was The Winter Soldier, which is nothing but like playing to the audience of the surprise of who is the Winter Soldier, which all comic fans know. Right. Everybody knows that, but the I mean, I am on record saying the Winter Soldier is only okay because oh that God, movie is so just, wrong. It's a twist. It's a twist. It's a twist. It's a twist. No, no. That movie is directed by M. Night Russo, brother. Uh, that <laughs> that movie is written by Marcus and McFeely, who get I'm very aware of that character who both start with M's, scene, and that's the M in M. Night Shyamalan. I understand it. Character. Every scene is about character and moving character. Marcus forward. and McFeely, and I appreciate Knight that. Shyamalan. But the fact is that movie is just silly because of how many what? twists come in and out and just it, it's silly. I, all right, it, it so doesn't make any sense to me i you said you think you're gonna be on my side on this one this movie <laughs> is just as silly as winter soldier just as brian silly. take your headphones off for a second because okay. i completely agree but what all right brian put your headphones back on okay. i'm back what did i miss i hope it wasn't anything bad i don't i don't <laughs> even know what to fucking make of it <laughs> fun fact the part where Bucky takes the motorcycle, where he like jumps onto the motorcycle, yes, practical. it really it looks really. like it. That's amazing, actually. Phenomenal. This is the one part where I was kind of taken out of it. And I was like, "This looks a little jank." <laughs> There's something that doesn't quite work for me. I mean, everything has that CGI jank where you know it's not real because it's CGI, and you can discern where <laughs> we're going to get there. <laughs> Don't you yeah, worry. Yeah, yeah. We'll we're going to get there. Eventually. That motorcycle. We won't. We're going to talk about Spider-Man eventually. But is the one where I'm like, that's too much for me, and how they shot this. Uh, we'll get there. It's not so. Oh, Dave, it's going to be great. I can't wait. Dave, I, I'm worried, actually. <laughs> if you have problems with Spider-Man's uh, CGI in this movie, you are not going to enjoy Black Panther as a movie. <laughs> or Spider-Man Homecoming for that. For what it's worth, Brian knows this, and the listeners know this. I've seen Spider-Man Homecoming, and I absolutely adored it. I loved every second of it. And the Black Panther, I've only seen on an American Airlines flight down to Orlando uh -huh. on a little, little screen. Yeah. And I thought it was pretty good. And that was as far as it went. <laughs> When you watch a uh, movie on a five-inch screen, I mean, what are you going to get out of it? Right. You're getting right. the story and the characters, which are great. You don't have which are both the great. fucking exactly. gigantic fucking blow-up, not great CG rhinoceroses or like the weird kind of janky CG one-on-one -on -one fight in the, the underground train right. area, the vibranium right. We're not talking about Avatar. What that, are you talking about? Well, whatever. Oh. Anyway, like, well, Avatar <laughs> those are easy things CGI to point at and say, like, technically... That is bad because the CG is not great, and then you don't have to make a solid argument about why you don't like the movie. You can just say, oh, but the rhinoceroses. Oh, but the ending right. CG, and that's it. I'm very excited to watch Black Panther. Like, Troll properly watch for it. sure. Invite me back. I love Black Panther. I think it's on excellent. Sold Black Panther. Ryan, you've booked your ticket on American Airlines flight Black Panther. It's one that's only <laughs> grown yeah. since we we all have to agree to watch it on a plane. Mm -hmm. You have to watch it on a plane. You need to buy a ticket down to Orlando and experience the way I did. They're extremely uh, cheap can right I go now. Really anywhere easy. else? No, because we have you to meet cannot. up in Orlando to record. Okay, fact. <laughs> we will not do that. Nope. <laughs> Definitely not. It'll cost sixty five dollars, but we're not doing it. 
While Bucky is in captivity in Berlin, Cap and Tony argue about oh, the Berlin. some more. We're in Berlin now. Yes, we've Good. changed countries again. Steve is nearly convinced to sign until he finds out about Wanda's house arrest. And he's like, uh-uh, I'm out of here. Have your pen. So Wanda is under house arrest with Vision. Yes. And there is, I mean, as much sexual tension as there's going to be for a, a human Olsen sister and, uh, and a an robot. android <laughs> man, <laughs> I suppose. And Vision's cooking her dinner. As kind of like, uh, let's do this. Let's let's do this. He's like, hey, let's I know I'm this. like keeping you on house arrest, but like, let me cook you dinner to feel better. The thing that blew my mind is that when he's cooking, he says, I never actually tasted any food or whatever. And Wanda says, this isn't paprika. I'm going to go to the store. What do you think was in that container? I don't know. That it said was... pa- possibly paprika. It was What do you think red. that was that made her want to go to the store? <laughs> Words are really important, and Vision is probably really good at reading because he's a robot, I and they're good like at everything. he's pretty smart having that Mind Stone embedded in his head and everything. That doesn't know what it does. I, right, exactly. Right. right. For some reason, the Mind Stone makes it so you can phase through <laughs> material or whatever. But No, that yeah, would, I wait, feel like what? I feel like dude could probably is follow a recipe. Is that because of the Mind Stone? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> he's smart enough to know how to alter his physical properties. I don't know. Or is that like an Ultron, like the body ability? But Ultron couldn't do it. Well, that's why he was building the body to then jump into. Like, is that something he built into the body before the Mind Stone was there? As I, I think the whole the reason Mind Stone for the just body gave him the was... soul, right? That's a soul stone. Well, well, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, fuck, fuck, yeah. It's all. I believe weird. the entire reason for building the body was because it was made from vibranium. And it would just make him basically indestructible. Yeah. But then didn't he didn't make he made like the big beefed up beefcake Ultron out of vibranium anyway later on in the movie. No. Right? No, that one was because he used all the vibranium like, you for, know, like for vision. He- chunk chunk boy Ultron. Yeah, but that was chunk just boy. regular metal chunk. Was it? it okay, so it wasn't vibranium? <laughs> he used all the vibranium on vision. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, it's been a while. Guys, what the fuck was in the paprika? That's all I want to know right now. Oh, um, pepper. I don't know. <laughs> Who cares? It's a red spice. He got it wrong. Vision it's can't MacGuffin. read. <laughs> That's all it is. It's a scene to happen. It's, we got yeah. a coffin MacGuffin and we got paprika MacGuffin. It's just oh, a callback to when great. Bender tried I feel tried like cooking. you're misusing MacGuffin at this point now. I think everything no. is just being, no, oh, that no, line no. is a MacGuffin. That's a MacGuffin. Did you see that picture? That's a MacGuffin. Like. <laughs> no, a MacGuffin, Rosebud. A MacGuffin is an object. <laughs> Ark of the Covenant. I get. Well, we're doing great. All right, hold on. Definition of MacGuffin is an object that Paprika's is an object. Paprika. Paprika is an object to move the plot forward. Right. Yes. Yep. yep. Nailed like, it. Like paprika. That's not paprika. Like paprika. So I guess exactly. That she has to go out. Could be. She has to go out, but then Vision says you can't. Oh, it's for my safety. No, it's huh. for everyone else's. Ah, plots move forward. God damn it. Interesting. Wow. Thank you, Paul Bettany. Paprika McGuffin, we did it. I don't Interesting. know. Interesting. Right. It just happened. But You've sold me. Somehow. I don't either. This You've movie is, is turning everybody. Civil War. We're at war, Brian. The schoolie has become the schooled. <laughs> <laughs> and vice versa, because Civil War. Right. Right. Brother versus brother. <laughs> at a power station grid, or power grid station, however, whatever you call it, outside the city, A box sent by Zemo is delivered, containing an EMP, which goes off and shuts down the electricity for the entire city, including the cameras and computers that are monitoring Bucky. 
Because Zemo's still a character in this movie. Yes, right. Of course. Mm-hmm. Zemo has infiltrated the compound in Berlin, posing as a psychiatrist who will be evaluating Bucky. Of course. But he's got that <laughs> handy-dandy notebook. He uses Hydra's trigger words and sends Bucky on a rampage. We all know how Blue's Clues works with the handy-dandy notebook. It's exactly, exactly where my mind went. Can you find the clue? Homecoming! What are the other clues? <laughs> Cap and Falcon intervene just as Bucky is escaping containment. Zemo escapes, and Bucky fights everyone. Cap, Falcon, Tony, Natasha, T'Challa, shit, even Sharon Carter. Right, she's got the dead great aunt, but she's all horny for fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not all she's horny for. Ooh. (laughs) He nearly gets away in a helicopter before being caught by Cap. Literally, he caught the helicopter, and he's flexing. In a, in a pose that you would never use to pull something closer to you because this is pure bicep porn. Yep. And it's great. Yeah. Strictly it's to a make a meme. That's phenomenal it. shot. To make the meme or it's the a cream. Shot. It's a shot for sure. It, it yes. is a shot. Dave doesn't appreciate it as much as me. I don't get off to Chris Evans' biceps. Well, I don't know maybe to tell you. you should. Maybe I'd be in a better place in my life if I got off to Chris Evans' biceps once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all it takes. I think it's all symbolic. For freedom and just how swollen the freedom is in Chris Evans' arms, <laughs> right? The freedom. <laughs> Captain America is swole. Yes, freedom. yes. The freedom, the freedom is bulging from his biceps. <laughs> in a panic, Bucky intentionally crashes the chopper and it falls into the nearby river. He pulls Cap with him. Steve rescues him in a scene that mirrors the ending of Winter Soldier. Yada, yada, yada. That's... How we are right now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. After coming to his senses, Bucky tells Steve that Zemo is headed for the abandoned Hydra facility in Siberia, another country, where he and <laughs> sure five is. other Winter Soldiers were created using the Super Soldier Serum he stole in 1991. And that's awesome! Mm-hmm. We know how dangerous Bucky is! And now you're saying there's five others? There's five loonies just like him, and they don't even have metal arms. That's amazing! <laughs> Believing Zemo intends to release these other Winter Soldiers and unleash them on the world, Cap calls upon Hawkeye for aid in freeing Wanda. So now Hawkeye's in this movie. Again, kind of, for the first time. Hawkeye is in this movie, and... He distracts like Vision. I always... Now, here's the thing. Is I always need to go to bat for Hawkeye. I know you do. Hey. You sure love that book. <laughs> I do, and stay tuned, because of the pull list, the next episode is going to be Hawkeye. <gasps> My, My life, life is a weapon. weapon. Hey, stay tuned. Spoiler. It's a good goddamn book. It's a great goddamn book. It's so fucking good. Here's the thing about Hawkeye here. Let's not ever forget Hawkeye shot first in the Avengers. Let's never forget The guy who doesn't have powers, the guy who in Hawkeye, my life as a weapon, openly says, I don't have superpowers. I don't have any of that shit. I don't have healing powers, any of that. I'm just a guy, yada, yada. Pizza dog. My superpower is that I have good aim. And here he takes on Vision one on one. <laughs> one no on questions Wanda. asked. <laughs> well done, first of all. But <laughs> second of all, <laughs> Hawkeye's a fucking badass, everybody. Why can't you accept that? Is he a badass or I, is he guy just fucking no... reckless? He's not no, reckless. He's, he's so not reckless. reckless. Uh, hmm, yeah. He's as reckless as Robin Hood, maybe, if you with other people with I mean, okay. But uh, he's just Robin kind of, Hood he's steals doing his from thing. the rich to give he the poor. He has no problem reckless. 
fighting against Vision here in order to keep Wanda safe. He's doing everything right, and we're going to get there in Endgame with Hawkeye, but he is an insanely important part of the MCU. Don't fucking forget it, people. Interrupt. <laughs> Interrupt. Dave, because the Ron Jeremy salute are... for Hawkeye. <laughs> It's pretty much a Ron Jeremy salute. That's an undertable, not a Favreau overtable. <laughs> you are not wrong about absolutely everything you said about Hawkeye. That said, there is that weird little like hand flip around his head when he like puts out the one arrow for the other side of like the little sonic beam thing that holds vision in place. Yeah. That's this yeah, yeah. weird, needless little flourish. That is everything about why people who don't like Hawkeye don't like Hawkeye. Because it's so <laughs> weird and needless. Like, you're right. You're not powered. You're not anything. You show up in Guideliner. And now you're doing little weird hand moves. <laughs> like magician flourishes with the arrows. And like this one-on-one -on -one fight with the Vision. Who is like all fucking serious. It's, I get Basically it. invincible. I get both sides on this so one. So here's the thing. Let me tell you the thing about Hawkeye. Have you ever watched America's Got Talent? Sure. No, because I value my time. <laughs> First of all, good for you. Secondly, whenever you see someone like a juggler on America's Got Talent. A, a juggalo? With, with the fago? With the fago, but mostly a juggler. Whenever you see someone like a juggler on America's Got Talent, you're going, what the fuck are you doing being on America's Got Talent, putting yourself on national television while you're flipping balls around, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And these- He's a Clint Barton. <laughs> The thing about it is that juggling is inherently not fucking cool. Sorry right. to all of our juggler listeners. Like archery. But the thing is, is that when you do it well, you got to make a flourish to make it kind of look cool. Yeah, the thing but... is that Hawkeye is that he's really good at what he does. But he has to kind of make the flourish with the arrows in order to make it the look cool. The like, flourish isn't I even get, with the arrow, I get though. that I just shoot fucking arrows. I can't shoot goddamn beams out of my hands Iron Man style. And I can't be real strong Captain America style. I'm obviously not going to hold a giant hammer with electricity Thor style. <laughs> and I'm not a big green boy Hulk yes, style. Yes, we know the and, Avengers, Dave. And whatever Black Widow does, Black Widow style. Yeah, yeah. But it's just thing, I it's have to, Clint Barton with, I have to, without arrows. She's better. If Simon Cowell would judge his flourish flourishing of arrows he go that's fine uh, that's what he's going for other than that it's not it, that's lame because simon cowell would destroy the Hawkeye. flourish isn't even with the arrow it's retrieving the arrow but it's all the same it's all the same with arrows because obviously you have to get your arrow back they're expensive probably oh, huh not retrieving as in like taking it back from a body like just pulling it from the quiver. He does a weird little thing with saying. his hand. That's exactly what I'm saying. You have to make it look cool. I you disagree. Don't. It's hard to make shit look cool with guyliner, Brian. Oh, Thanks. you're right. You got me. Point. I can. It's see. why good Charlotte's not a fucking thing anymore, Brian. Well, it's then, why. <laughs> wait, what is your Green argument Day then? Because why you're, you're arguing <laughs> that Clint so Barton's guyliner is the reason he's the thing, but it's the reason good Charlotte isn't. I'm making many arguments right now, and yeah, all I'm not sure you know what barely. any of them are. <laughs> so Hawkeye distracts Vision with a distant explosion. He breaks into the Avengers facility and convinces Wanda to come with him. But Vision returns, and she uses her abilities to overpower him. Wow, we got through the scene, eventually. <laughs> like, a very, very short scene just took us, like, ten minutes. Because of Paprika. I told you. That's nope. what happens. Nope. Because of Hawkeye. <laughs> He's the best. Because Dave's it. boner for Hawkeye. I think Dave has a thing for Guyliner. 
he's fantastic in the books. Uh, he's he's amazing. He is, in the books. He is, as you said, he is fine. At best, he is fine in this movie. He is not anything yeah. more. He's fine. He's he's definitely better in the Avengers and in Endgame. Agreed. Well, he first. Oh yeah, and so he's not yeah. he shoots first. I think he's he does very well in Age of Ultron too. And there's not a lot yes. to be said about that movie. So. Age of Ultron's not a great movie. I don't even really like it, but Hawkeye might be the best part. I agree. Falcon recruits Ant-Man to join them as well because, you know, he was in the last movie. They had a fight. It was neat. It was great. Back at the Joint Counter-Terrorist Center compound, Stark convinces Ross to give him 36 hours to bring in his renegade comrades. He assembles a team with Black Widow, Black Panther, Black War Machine, and Vision. Black War Machine. Yeah, well, Black Widow, Black Panther. I was on a roll. Uh, some would call that racist. All right, you're right. Black Widow, Black Panther, <laughs> War Machine, and Vision. But he still has one more guy in mind. Who's he have in mind? So Tony Stark travels to Queens to recruit Peter Parker, who hints heavily at his origin story, but doesn't actually tell us what it is, because, thank God, we already know it. Fucking Spider-Man. We have a fucking Spider-Man. A God haunt, damn it, he's in the MCU. And a hot Aunt May. She's a, real hot. Aunt. A hot There's May. No denying that. Love this. She's take. real hot. She's really young. Mm-hmm. Old Aunt May. She's eh. she's not New really Aunt May. really young. Yes, she's just please. not like the elderly woman we always see. Elderly woman? How dare you talk about Rosemary Harris that way? She's a saint. She's an elderly saint. <laughs> right. We have Oscar winner Marissa Tomei has entered the MCU, Aunt May. Honestly, if you're comparing your Aunt Mays to your Peter Parker's, the ages match up. I agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This Peter Parker's younger, though. Yes. Because he's we not had, 40. We had an elderly <laughs> Tobey Maguire in the first movie, so it made sense to have an elderly Aunt May. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This all adds up. elderly Yes. That's a word. <laughs> Trying to flee Berlin and reach Siberia before Zemo, Cap and his team assemble at the airport, where they hope to take a helicopter out of the country. When sirens indicate the airport is being evacuated, Cap tells his team to suit up and get to the chopper, which is disabled by Natasha as the rest of Team Iron Man show up. Cap refuses to back down, so the Avengers get into a massive fight. So let's talk about the airport. Mm-hmm. Let's. This is not arguably the biggest scene in this entire movie. You have the Captain America team, which is comprised of... Captain America. Captain America. Nailed it. Winter Soldier. Falcon, Hawkeye, Scarlet Witch, Ant-Man, and that's all. And that's a... (laughs) Then you have the Iron Man team, which is comprised of Iron Man, War Machine, Black Panther, Vision, Spider-Man, and also kind of Black Widow as well. Mostly Black Widow. She doesn't really turn until after this fight. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Guys, this scene kicks a lot of ass. This scene is phenomenal. This fight scene lasts 16 minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. And somehow it's this the is ridiculous scene of the movie. It's ridiculous how much stuff they come up with in this. Paul Rudd is absolutely crushing it oh, absolutely. in this scene. Yep. Uh, you know who else is crushing it? Tom Holland is crushing it. God, yeah. This here is the most true Spider-Man we've ever seen. Absolutely. And he has not had a movie yet. The thing about Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man mm-hmm. is that he's okay. He he's is. totally okay he's all good. around. He gets sort of quippy at points. Sort of. And he doesn't, I mean, it's never quippy enough for just me. all around. Andrew Garfield has 
one extremely quippy scene when he's Spider-Man. And it's a scene where he's stopping a carjacking and it lands brilliantly. Yes. The thing about Tom Holland's Spider-Man is that he's extremely quippy the entire way through, even while fighting to the point that Falcon says, you ever been in a fight before? There's a lot <laughs> less talking. That is fucking beautiful. It was excellent. Excellent. I this think- here oh. is Spider-Man. They nailed he it. He is here. Uh, I I completely agree. I I agree with what you're saying about Tom Holland. I guess I disagree with what you're saying about Andrew Garfield because I feel like he was a very quippy Spider-Man the entire time. I wish time you were on our episode of The Amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man then. I wish you were there. Um, I know. I mean, when Amazing Spider-Man 2 comes <laughs> out, I definitely, definitely don't know what I'm going to think, but it's probably that he's a quippy motherfucker the entire movie too. So, like, the issue is not like that this isn't the first time we've had a quippy Spider-Man, but I think they managed to make Peter and, like, his energy match Spider-Man's energy. Like, I think the Queen scene with Tony and him and Aunt May is as good as the Spider-Man in the airport fight scene. Like, they both do a great job of selling Peter and Spider-Man, but, like, they get the energy just right there too to match that energy. It yeah, there's always agree. been yeah. a disproportionate like weird shift with both Maguire and uh, Garfield. Like they both get certain things right, but like really, I think fuck up the other side. Like I think Garfield I really got Spider Man. Does never got Parker. Never got Was Peter never Parker. Never close down. to Parker. Agree. Completely agree. And again, Toby Maguire, perfect Parker. Yeah. Uh, way, way cheesy Spider-Man. and like very phantom e, uh, as Spider Man, like just out of time, weird. That's not a bad comparison, actually. Completely agree, all around. Uh, but yeah, Tom Holland embodies both sides of the character, and it's like finally agreed. And we don't have to sit through Uncle Ben dying again. Oh God, he's already dead. He is buried and cold and everything. It's oh, perfect. It happened Fantastic. Six he's the perfect ago. corpse. Not so much Peggy Carter style. He's the perfect corpse. And in the Queen scene, they still reference it. Like if mm-hmm. you have the ability to stop something and you don't, then it's your fault. And it's like I know what he's talking about, and I'm so glad that they're not Favreauing this moment. It's the best. Favreau must have been distracted by something else. At this it point. was writing the eulogy for Sharon Carter or for Peggy Carter. You're right. It took him a lot <laughs> a long time. <laughs> So during the fight, Stark insists that Peter Parker remain at a distance, uses webbing to subdue anyone he can. He doesn't really do that. He's in the fight. Black Panther is trying to catch Bucky. Ant-Man grows to fucking huge sizes. And Paul Rudd acts. Oh, my God. His ass off. He does that. He does a thing with his eyes when he grows that, like, he's acting purely with his eyeballs. And I buy it. I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah. It's Mm -hmm. amazing. He's amazing in this movie. And that distracts Stark's team long enough for Cap and Bucky to escape on the aircraft or to the aircraft hangar where they're going to jump aboard the Quinjet. When they get there, Black Widow is there and it looks like she's going to stop him. But instead, she turns on Black Panther, allowing Cap and Bucky to fly off in the Quinjet. Thrilling. Stark and Rhodey chase the jet. Vision attempts to blast Falcon, who's following them, out of the sky. But he misses and hits Rhodey, who plummets to the ground and is left paralyzed. Stakes? I mean, I feel like you can't get through a scene like this without a casualty and have it still be believable. In the Civil War comic, the casualty is Goliath because Mm -hmm. clone Thor blasts the fuck out of Goliath and he he goes all dedicants. 
But here, you need to have something. You have to and have I guess something. Otherwise, the what's the point? Here, here, all right. Exactly. Here's my argument against this. And and this is what many a comic fan has railed against. And this has been the maybe like the linchpin for people who don't like Civil War is to say, there's no casualties. War Machine falls and then he's crippled. But then he gets like the robotic leg. So it means nothing. And I, I kind of, I can see that. But I also disagree that like comics yeah sure they killed goliath off but then they're gonna bring him right back and it's a clone of thor because thor's still around because he's gonna be back because nothing means anything in comics because anybody comes back correct it it, it means nothing there either so like that all it's all irrelevant and i think the stakes are there i think again emotionally it all lands and it sells and i i think that weird I don't know, that weird coda of when War Machine falls and then Falcon, like, kind of comes in to check to see if he's all right. And Tony Stark yes. shoots him and it gets, like, a weird laugh from everybody, always. And it's not, like, I think a laughing moment. Like, it's just, like, raw fucking anger on yeah. Sark's part. Yeah, and correct. I think it's a good moment that everybody misinterprets as, like, comedic beat. And I don't think it is. No, but, like, I don't, I, I don't you find it's that a, comedic a bad at all. directing choice or do you think it just doesn't land? I don't think it's a bad directing choice because I think you get this shit when you go and just see movies like The Joker and people are like laughing because Walking Phoenix is weird and making them uncomfortable. Or <laughs> um, I remember going to see Stranger Than Fiction, that Will Ferrell movie. I love that movie. It's yeah, fantastic. Movie. Directed amazingly. Yep. But there are scenes where like I think Will Ferrell's like on the verge of crying and like the ex- existential crisis he's having. And he's like... He, he goes like, I don't want to die. And he's crying. And I remember everybody in the theater laughing because they expect funny moments from this person. So they don't know right. what to do but laugh. And I think I think that's the MCU at this point. People don't know what to do but to laugh at moments because they just expect right. funny. So when like something more happens, they just they laugh and, and come back to me about like Black Panther and Captain Marvel and why I don't think those movies land with the audiences. It's because they're not yuck yuck chuckle fest, right? Uh, they did a lot of furthering the emotion in Phase Three. Yeah, and yeah, I think and I think, I think this is a very very good start to it. It obviously culminated in very serious moments. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, speaking to casualties in comic books, I mean, Vision, Hawkeye, and Ant Man were all dead during Civil War anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm pretty sure they all came back. Well. Uh, Hank Pym, kinda. He's like the half. Well, did he come back? I don't remember where he's at right now. He's at like the, the half Ultron, half Hank Pym thing now in the comics. In the comics, Hank Pym is the the Cap spy on the Iron Man side. Okay, so are we t- wait. Then who? Which Ant Man is dead in the comics? Is it Scott Lang? It Was must Scott be Scott Lang, Lang, Lang. or it's it, it's got to be at that point. I mean, the comics. I mean, they're. Who can follow that? Let's let's stick with the MCU Sorry. and the movie. Yeah. How about that? It's easier. <laughs> yes. Natasha, knowing she'll be arrested for acting against the Accords, goes into hiding. She has a whole big speech with Tony. It's a thing. Stark finds the evidence that Bucky was framed by Zemo, and he travels to the Raft, a remote Arctic prison facility where the other members of Team Cap are incarcerated under the supervision of Secretary Ross. Of course. You have... These superheroes that are in prison because they're they're bad boys. Apparently. Right. <laughs> you even have the uh, the power dampening collar on Wanda for, right from uh, the X Men and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Of course, because X Men still a fucking thing. God damn it. 
So he visits the dismayed former Avengers and temporarily disables the surveillance in order to learn from Falcon where Cap and Bucky are going. He admits he's wrong. He's like, all right, just let me know where they're going. I need to do stuff, apologize or whatever, or help them or whatever it is. He follows them to Siberia, <laughs> and he's also at the same time being followed by T'Challa. Okay, we need to go to another fucking place because James Bond. Yes, yes, yes. Because 117 countries, minimum. Of course. Cap and Tony reconcile as they explore the facility. They discover that the other Winter Soldiers have been moited by Zemo, who never <laughs> intended to release them. Uh, right. He said that, hey, you shouldn't be feel all bad about this because I killed them in their sleep. And it's like, you totally set this movie up to be something kind of cool. Of what? Mm. There's a lot of Winter Soldiers. We got stakes. Disagree. Yeah, now you're but, saying disagree but, so hard. He reveals instead that he's a Sokovian and wanted to punish the Avengers for the death of his family. His real right. mission. He, said he wanted to destroy an empire. His mm-hmm. real mission had been to find footage of the Winter Soldier's 1991 mission, which he shows to Stark, which reveals that Bucky was the assassin who murdered his parents to steal the Super Soldier serum from their car. Yep. How about that? Cap tells Tony he knew Hydra was behind the deaths, but he didn't know that it was Bucky. But, uh, you know, emotions. Stark turns on Bucky, forcing Cap to fight to save his friend's life. I would say even further than that, because Cap openly says, yep. Iron Man says, he's like, hey, did you know? And he says, I knew it was some something. I didn't know it was Bucky. And then when he pushes farther, he says, mm, I fucking knew it was Bucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, all right. Uh. Why are we all on Team Cap, goddammit? Yeah, that's why the first blow is Iron Man striking Cap. Right. Then the three brutally fight for what feels like forever, but the whole time it's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's pretty good, but it's for forever. You're right. But it, it's, uh, yeah, Iron Man ends up blasting off Bucky's metal arm because all yep. of a sudden vibranium doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Wakanda's <laughs> not a thing yet, but it is. <laughs> Cap eventually <laughs> disables Tony's arc reactor, rendering his suit useless. Tony tells Cap that he doesn't. You're making just... it sound like like it was just a. I flipped a switch and no, now he... he is useless. He jammed his shield into his chest and it just completely the ruined reactor. Iron Man. <laughs> oh well, he pulled his helmet off first so he wouldn't suffocate when he did it. So he's still thinking. Oh good. Uh, Tony tells Cap that he doesn't deserve to carry the shield that Howard the Stark gave him. So Steve <laughs> drops it and leaves. Howard the, Bucky. the Stark nailed it. Having succeeded in his plans to tear apart the Avengers, Zemo waits outside where T'Challa approaches him and the two discuss vengeance and the terrible things it can lead a man to do. T'Challa decides he doesn't he doesn't want to let revenge consume him like it did Zemo and the Avengers, and he stops Zemo from committing suicide, telling him the living are not done with him yet. And then under the custody of Everett Ross, who is Martin Freeman, he's in this movie. Barely, he's in this movie. Zemo Big hints novice. that while he may be in prison, his grand plan wasn't as much a failure as Ross suggests it was, knowing that the Avengers now may be irretrievably fractured. Right. Uh, Zemo's plan was to destroy an empire, and his empire was the Avengers. The Avengers, the whole time. Back at the Avengers facility, Stark builds an exoskeleton frame for Rhodey to help him regain the use of his legs. Rhodey assures Tony that he still believes he made the right choice. Suddenly, a FedEx driver knocks on the door with a package for Tony Stank. <laughs> Oh, boy. Those of you um, familiar with our show know what's about to happen, but those of you who are new listeners, uh, there are lots of Stan Lee cameos in the Marvel movies, and as we know, once the Infinity Gauntlet is assembled and snapped, half of all life disappears, so obviously half of all Dan Lees have to go. Dave, do you think this Stan gets snapped? 
I'm going to snap like this is a fucking Def Jam poetry session here. <laughs> this stand has to go. No, I disagree. Are you fucking kidding I love wow. this stand. Right. I love this stand because <laughs> this is a stand that is so clueless to the world that he has no idea who Tony Stark is. And he also somehow managed to make it to the front no. door of the Avengers facility undetected to deliver a package. He did do that, but then he surely... also said Tony Stank. He yeah. said Tony Stank because That's great. he obviously isn't in touch with the, the world at that point of, it's kind of like a family guy. You're letting all the stank out, like that type of thing. Yeah. Like oh, boy. Yeah, it's great. This, this Stan Lee needs this to be twice. This Stan lives. You're probably right, and I hope he has a miserable life. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Ryan? <laughs> uh, if we're going half, half to go, I think the, this is easily one of the bottom half Stan Lee cameos. So he would See get ya. snapped. Though I'm not as like quick to like Def Jam poetry snap with Dave. Like, I don't hate this one. He's somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I don't think it's one of the strongest ones, but I think it's like, yeah, the middle, but maybe the bottom end. This one actually surprised me because, like, we get through the whole movie before we get the cameo. I forgot that it was coming. Yeah, I did too. I and did I was like, like yeah. oh, damn, Stan, I forgot. The package that Stanley delivers contains a flip phone and a letter from Cap apologizing for everything that happened and for not telling him the truth about his parents and his regret that he cannot accept the accords. He tells Tony that he knows the day will come when the team will need to assemble and act like one again. When that day arrives, Cap and his team, who he has now freed from the raft, will be there. Bucky and Steve are granted asylum in Wakanda. Uh, Bucky chooses to undergo cryostasis, just like Walt Disney, until his brainwashing can be successfully (laughs) cured. Cap warns T'Challa that the government of the worlds will come for Wakanda if they find out Bucky is there. And T'Challa's like, let them try. That's so badass. God and damn then, uh, Black Panther's badass. <laughs> and then we get the credits. And then we get Peter Parker in his home in Queens recovering. And his new Stark programmed web shooters project the Spidey signal onto the ceiling. Spider-Man will return. How great of a callback is the Spidey signal? That's some shit that's never appeared in a movie before this. So, like, and I love it. And never will, because that is very OG comic, Stan Lee style. Yep. That is so good. The Spider-Man light, when he shines it down and all the villains go, that oh, is, God, Spider-Man's That is some, some Ditko, Ramita Senior shit right there. Fucking great, man. Love yep. it. And that is Captain America Civil War. I really, 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 really like this movie. Really? But it is full of holes. <laughs> it is. It has so many holes. It's ridiculous. Uh, what holes? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a Tony Stark-sized hole, mostly. That's the one that really bugs me about this movie. Go on. So when we do our show, we do a thing that's called, uh, you know, story motivation. And had we focused on the motivation of Tony Stark, we'd be flipping it three separate times. It does start out where... His entire motivation is kind of driven by this mother whose child died in Sokovia. Yeah. In Ultron. Yeah. Yeah. But then he openly goes on to say, he goes on to talk about Pepper because him and Pepper are now separated in this movie. Right. And he says, yeah, I thought I could do this type of thing in order to split me being Iron Man because I want to be Iron Man, but also kind of do it the legit way. So his motivation completely shifts to that. But then at the end of the movie- he says that when he, when he shows up in the, whatever it is, Siberia, wherever you are, James Bond's jumping the world style, <laughs> he says, I can get arrested for this. So he's completely jumped sides again. You have three separate shifts of motivation uh... for Iron Man, Tony Stark himself, in this movie. And that, to me, that 
is not great. I I don't think that first to second shift is as dramatic as you're making it out to be. I think it's it's they're not dramatic, but they are included in the story. They are for, without a doubt. I think they're two different reasonings that drive him towards the same goal, and it's only that you third have guilt, twist. You have family that and is you have, actually the third twist is the weird. Well, one. the third twist is the one that makes his goal finally differentiate and like. It finally makes it go off its its set course. The other two, they both align with Stark signing the Sokovia Accords and thinking this is the right move. Because if he goes with the Sokovia Accords, then he can legitimize Iron Man, do it, maybe prove to Pepper that it's like a legitimate thing and not just him and his like obsessive hobby as it was in Iron Man 3 or like his his makeup for PTSD kind of thing. It can be something Correct. a little bit more. So that drives him to Sokovia Accords. And also, like, the mother thing is all Sokovia Accords, too. It, it's it's the... I don't know. I also think that a lot of Tony Stark's motivation here is that he wants to shift the blame from himself. I think he has extreme guilt. And be, by being under this UN panel, that anything that happens isn't his fault anymore. And it's... I mean, it's not a great thing, but... Mm-hmm. It's something. I feel like that's definitely one of his main motivating factors. And by alleviating the guilt off of himself, he can be more present with Pepper. He can be like, no, it wasn't my fault. It was, you know, these dumb UN guys. Mm-hmm. Right. We can we have the ability to make an I love you 3000. Uh, well, yeah, I, I agree. With, I, I agree with what you said, Brian. I think there's even a line when he's talking about the barf technology where he says, all this huge experiment for him unable to cope with his emotions for 30 something years or whatever. And I think this is that movie. I think civil war is talking about men who are unable to deal with their emotions and how it bleeds into their professional lives. And and that is the movie. That's like theme after theme. That's why we get the Peggy Carter funeral. They're all peppering the emotions of the characters and getting them into their mindsets of being like very emotionally unstable to the point where like they're ready to just walk away from this, if you will, will uh, quote unquote family, so to speak, and just throw it off. I mostly agree with you, but the part that gets me about the Peggy Carter funeral thing is what happens directly after that, because the Peggy Carter funeral should be like the low point for Cap, but then he's hooking up with Peggy Carter's great-grandniece or whatever the hell Sharon Carter is. Yeah. One scene later. So is this really a low point? Because <sighs> even Cap says, like, it's a low that's point. too late. It's a low point, but it's also, like, in that that's low point... That's not a bad low point! It, if oh, you're looking at me back in a fucking high school, that that's not point, a low point! <laughs> in that low point is when he gets the advice to, to stick his heel down and don't turn away. Like, in that low point where he is most subject- subjective are able to be i don't know taken by any advice given to him that's when he's given the advice to stand his ground stand for what he believes in and like don't back down like that is why that scene's there and i think i don't know the it kiss is, is but i weird. think it's completely ruined fucking... by that entire kiss scene I, the kiss is how bad. she says that oh this was and he says too late which means that he intended to do this the entire time that, it that kiss completely takes away from that motivation. I don't disagree with you. I think that kiss is there strictly for the four quadrant like Disney market appeal to make money. 
because I think there's right. She's some gonna, Sharon Carter is going to be the new Disney princess. Yeah, some executive somewhere is like, <laughs> we can't have Cap going around with just two guys because people are going to think that's weird. We need to have him hooking up with somebody. <laughs> this guy right. Even has though, not right. Even though he had hasn't. anything since like the 40s when he went in the ice. And now he's just hanging out with dudes all the time. And he has no la- That's weird. We got to put something in there for. Yeah. We got to make I, th- sure he makes yeah. out with with uh, with his former fling's niece. Yeah. <laughs> oh, perfect. It does. Like that kiss. I, I'll <laughs> give you like that kiss feels 100 percent studio notish. Oh, without a doubt. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I would Yo, take well, that out when, in a heartbeat. When she gives them back the shield and the falcon suit, do you think they should kiss? No, I don't think you should make them kiss. <laughs> you should make them. This is Bob Iger talking. Make them fucking kiss, Kevin Foggy. I will have you killed. I don't think you understand that, Kevin Foggy. <laughs> <laughs> Iger's like, if you don't have the Sharon Carter and Steve Rogers kiss, then I'm going to take Perlmutter's advice and just write Iron Man out of the movie. No, you don't understand. This is Kevin Foggy talking. You don't understand. <laughs> That it's weird because the Peggy Carter thing. No, we're I gonna do a thing a in a few fuck. years where maybe she's actually his niece. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, Bob Iger. This is again Kevin Feige. We're gonna fuck with time travel at a point. Just don't worry about it. <laughs> Let's not have any potential incest in this storyline. We have to, I, all right. We pulled the audience. They said they're fine with incest and back <laughs> to the future, so like it's gonna be totally fine they here. They are. Totally fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is an extremely good movie. There's no <laughs> denying. That. Yeah, yeah. I used to rank this pretty low, but um, whoa. Did you? Why? First of all, why? I, don't know. I just it wasn't one of my favorites. But after rewatching it, this movie is just. You always say, Dave, that DC is character don't, based. No, hold on. First of all, and I don't think use my words against me. But second no, no, of all, you what always are you say, say DC is character based and Marvel is story based, and I think this Agreed. movie flips the script on that i think this one is oh. extremely character based oh my god i think i agree i think phase three is where they start really honing in on character i agree but i think they do it poorly well sometimes you i can think be they wrong, do it man. in a forced way in order to do a full-blown sprint to infinity war Endgame. i think that's what where we are now especially with this movie yes and this movie is very full bro- very good blown 10 movie sprint it's one of those things where when you look back on it you go wow you guys really were just trying to set up everything phase three and that's okay because this is the start of phase three but everything's going to happen from here on out you're going to force it and that's okay with this movie you got to set it up somehow like i said earlier i think they spent two phases setting up a world and now they just want to play with it mm-hmm. i almost completely agree with you and when we get to infinity war and game we'll talk about it because i think that's where the payoff's going to be yeah oh absolutely Without a doubt. I don't think this movie is the payoff. I think this movie is the setup. This movie is, this is oh. the 100% the setup. Yeah, this is the, the let me lob this ball off the backboard and see what you can do yeah, with this it. This is the but. Russos and Marcus McFeely going, all right, so we're going to do three movies, right? Let's start things here, and then we'll get to the rest. Oh, without a doubt. And a lot of people don't consider this a Captain America movie. No, this is like Avengers two and a half. Without a doubt. This is Avengers. Yeah. I mean, everybody's in it. What, you're missing Thor and Hulk? Who gives a shit? They have good reasons why they're not there. Right. And I can't wait to get to that movie. <laughs> I've never seen it. God damn it. I, I can't wait. God damn it. Oh, my God. I know. Is- I know. I. Oh. There's a lot of movies I don't watch because of this show that I want to go in fresh for. So it's killing me. I can't wait to get there. There is just so much to digest tonight. Dave, I can't believe you said DC. 
is uh, more character driven than story driven. I agree. That's so interesting. Because I, I, I said it mostly because that's why I agree. I would, I, I would argue <laughs> and I would say you're wrong. I would say DC is definitely more rigid about their characters and don't allow their characters to evolve or grow much. But? No, there's no but. Marvel does. No, you made it sound like it was Marvel a Marvel changes their characters like their times. Marvel allows You're right. Marvel changes their characters change at the, the at, on a fucking dime yeah. Madden 95 style. I mean, they just are just like, hey, here we are. Okay, here's a character, Tony Stark. All right, so we got a we got a mom who lost a kid. All right, so this is going to be our motivation going forward with Sokovia, of course. Oh, God, now we have a, a husband who's losing his wife. This is now convenient in order to make this work out. This is why Pepper's not in the movie. This is why the Pepper mm. thing at the Well, they're not married. The... You're not wrong, but at no point does anything here undermine or betray Tony Stark or Steve Rogers Both of those, or even yeah. Pepper Potts character. I think all Both those of those motivations are guilt-driven. Exactly. Let me ask you this then, because Yo. at the end of this movie, you have Tony Stark who's fighting for the Sokovia Accords the entire movie. Yes. yes. Until... That scene where he shows up in Siberia, where he admits that he's wrong on a private helicopter right. mm-hmm. that no one else can see. <laughs> the helicopter that could fly for, for fucking ever because of Stark technology, apparently. Yep. And he flies Siberia from wherever he was. And he shows up to Cap and says, hey, I was wrong. About what? I don't fucking know. But let's continue this movie. Bucky killed my parents. God damn it. This is really irritating. I'm going to have to fight now. No, 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 no. He was specifically wrong about not believing Cap about like the whole other Winter Soldier conspiracy. He was more uh, impressed with getting Cap back to General Ross. And he was saying he was wrong about that. Not necessarily the entire belief of the Sokovia Accords and everything else. That scene does not undermine like all of his motivations beforehand. That is just saying like, hey, I was I was wrong to shut you out at the airport and just to not hear you at all. I'm here. I saw the thing. Right. I know something's wrong. I'm here as a friend. I still like there's shit we need to like Zemo work out on the Sokovia Accords. Yeah. But like I'm here as a friend. And that's why like the turn again when he realizes Steve was withholding the information about Bucky, like, that's also, like, not, like, that big of a turn because he was so, like, not 100% against the Sokovia Accords. He didn't flip motivations 100%. He was just there as a friend to see what's happening with this Winter Soldier shit right away and then answer for his crime when he goes back and then probably still withhold to the Sokovia Accords. I buy most of what you're saying. I do. Even your argument that Tony Stark is jumping around and scrambling for motivation because he doesn't know what to do. He's not. Is perfect to the character of Tony Stark, who is nothing but like a man child who is slowly learning like (laughs) what to fucking do. Like he would be that person who is reacting and like like kind of getting this stuff and like reacting immediately. Like he's not had these thoughts until they come up that he would have these quick turns. Whereas like cap is the through line throughout this movie. He is the one thing that does not change. It's his movie, movie, but it's also his character. Cap is nothing. If not like one ideal that never fucking changes. Like the character of captain America is stubborn to a fucking T and like, Iron Man is not stubborn, but he is 
arrogant but like on a redemption arc and like a self-fulfilling redemption arc he needs that self I so don't he is believe like, that i, I don't think believe that's it. this I movie think that's him looking for all these self-redemption nope. arcs like, i don't think the that's the case at all turning it around on the kid that died or like being there for his friend now it's tony stark not knowing what he's no. doing and trying to find it. And that makes him Tony Stark. Way more you know what? Human. If that's the case, if that's the case, is he's trying to find it and he's still struggling to find it, so he has to change his own motivations. His motivations movie, don't that's change. Tony Stark is arrogant, but he doesn't really know what he's doing. It's false mm-hmm. arrogance. He's trying to act like he's got it all together, but he's feeling this guilt. This guilt about building Ultron. His guilt about not being able to hold a, uh, a relationship with Pepper. He has guilt about... Uh, not being able to keep the team together when Steve leaves. Everything in this movie is about Tony Stark's guilt. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a lot of changes on Tony Stark's account. This movie should have been called Iron Man 4 Civil War. Well, no, because because it's all... <laughs> your main character is still Steve Rogers, and it is his through line in this movie, and he's barely... Oh, uh, do you not... We we all agreed we came away on Steve Rogers' side, so clearly yeah. they all team cap. that idea. Let's all... Come together on Team Cap right now. <laughs> okay. And? Fuck Anthony Stark. Anthony Stark. Man, you really hate Tony Stark. <sighs> I really fucking do. Because his characters don't make any goddamn sense oh, throughout the entire MCU. Hawkeye, it makes who has no sense and, and we're going to get there. And we'll oh fight a guy yeah. with an infinity stone in his don't forehead. Don't compare to Hawkeye. Hawkeye's on a Green Lantern level in my mind. Oh, okay. So you're, you like him as a Anthony troll. Stark. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about... Tony Stark. Yes. Tony Stark here and Captain America are the two main through lines throughout the MCU. Correct. Tony Stark's a garbage character in the MCU. I disagree wholeheartedly. Completely disagree with that. How? Back up your fucking point. But this movie, (laughs) back it up with this movie, is that his motivation changes three separate times. It it does, though, because the thing is that you have the, the mom of the dead kid of mm-hmm. Sokovia, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. And yep. that's what kind of forced him into yep. guilt. Exactly. Thanks. But then it moves along into the whole Pepper Potts thing. Guilt. Convenience. Fine. Guilt. We get that. Continue. So you're saying that it's guilt that's just being changed throughout this story. No. Guilt has motivated Tony Stark from the inception of the MCU. This, right. Tony Stark's own is nothing but redemption up. arc. Redemption for what? Redemption for what in the MCU? For not having the control that he acts like he has all the time. He props himself up, and he can't live up to his own self-image. And he feels guilty about that, and he's always trying to prove himself. He is essentially a martyr. He is a martyr. And he every every movie, every arc with Iron Man is like the martyr arc. It is somebody who feels like the unbearable weight of the future. He's a futurist. Which is brought up in this fucking movie. He's a martyr for all of this and has to sacrifice and do everything. And everything he's done in the past, he like he has this view of like he was a fuck up and he's got to do better. So he is of the headspace of everything he has known his entire life is not right because he's had this whole world shift. And so going forward, everything is about redemption iron man one is about redemption going back and undoing that iron man three age voltron he made ultron out of fear of <laughs> uh 
in Age of Ultron, he builds Ultron out of fear of losing his team. Here's the well, I don't know. Here's here's something in the future. If you ever have an argument and you want solid, <laughs> legitimate proof, never say in Age of Ultron. Dot dot dot. <laughs> it will distract. It you is a black point. hole which you will not hey. be able to come back from. I'm about to make a good point. In Age of Ultron, uh, oh no, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> he has a vision of the future, and he has to build something to prevent it. And even that gets fucked up because it on, is. Tony. Yeah, I I think that's Tony Stark. That's it. It's 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 um. The best intentions with the worst of consequences. He always means well, but does it in the stupidest fucking way. And that's Tony Stark. And I think that's true. In every movie, I can point that out. I can point out examples of that. No, I think you even brought up, what what was it, Iron Man 3 with Hammer? Mm -hmm. Well, Iron Man 2 was Hammer. That was jealousy. Oh, the, still jealousy, no matter what it is with Hammer. I won't, I won't argue that Iron Man 2 is a good movie. Oh, because we know <laughs> Iron Man Two is a great movie. Oh my god! People, in terms of world building, and that's it. Iron Man Three is a legitimate good movie, though. Iron Man Two I agree. now Iron Man 3 is, is fine. Fantastic. Back then, eh. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> I think, I mean, for a Captain America movie, here, Captain America: Civil War. Yes, I think Iron Man is the thing that really confuses this movie, and this is a very, very good movie. But mm. Iron Man has the biggest arc throughout this entire thing, and that's a problem because his arc is all over the fucking place. So you don't think Steve Rogers, Captain America, going against the government is a big enough arc? I don't think it is because, yes, obviously Steve Rogers was created because politically in the first Avenger, he was pretty much sent out, out there as like a poster boy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Of go PR ahead, stunt. song and dance, yada, yada, yada. And then the Winter Soldier... Who knows what the fuck happened? It's a, a thriller oh, more than anything. Twists when, and turns happen. God damn it. That's when Steve questioned the government and essentially yes. he got disillusioned with the government. He got disillusioned because he got, he got hit it. in an elevator one time. It's it happens. So much. We've, we've all gotten oh, hit in elevators. Dave. Yes. Yes. Dave. We've all been punched in elevators Dave. by Captain America. But Wait till here, you see the Snyder he's obviously cut separating even of farther. Winter Soldier. It is fantastic. <laughs> I can't wait You're going to love it. <laughs> There's so much there cut with Soldier. Sharon Carter. Oh, my God. It's just in- insane. Ugh. Hashtag release the Russo cut. <laughs> please, please release the Russo cut, Feige. Uh, uh, I think that once you get to this, obviously, he's pretty against government, obviously, because he doesn't want to conform to it. For sure. I think one of the most interesting parts about this movie is the thing that goes unsaid. It's the thing that goes said in the comics about how the mask is a tradition, is that that's what's getting held up in this movie, is the people who want to stay underground, who want to fight good for the sake of being good, who don't want to conform to the government, don't want to be registered, don't want to be trained. They want to just fight good for good. I think that's what Steve Rogers is standing for. And I think that's what this movie misses. It misses the Mm. heart of the comic because even in the comic, you have someone like a Peter Parker who's completely guarded his secret as Spider-Man more deeply than any character that's ever existed in comic book history. He unmasks in civil war and he goes to regret it because he realizes, fuck Tony's wrong. I think that you have the heart of what civil war is in the comic meant for this story to push it along the MCU. 
but you're missing the filler. I disagree. I I I think I think that's there with Steve Rogers. I think that's 100% there. That's why you get the line like our the best hands are still our own for this. Like I think that's all there. All that text is there about Steve Rogers thinking like the max the mask is the tradition. It's about us getting out there and doing good without the oversight. It's what if we disagree that we don't we don't think we should be there or that the government doesn't think we should be there and we do believe like it's still our right to choose and be out there and i think that still comes across in this movie and furthermore i don't think it should necessarily even be compared to the comics because the comics were such a garbage pile that they led to like (laughs) tony stark having to essentially be like rebooted entirely they killed off cap which was a huge fucking mistake they immediately rectified and then like the whole i uh, spider-man reveal they had to retcon with one more day which was oh even worse. So, like, I think Civil War was a a garbage pail of bad decisions in the or the Marvel comics at the time. I don't think it's something that should be replicated one for one. And I do think they they can't replicate it one for one because yeah, I, I, the Spider Man reveal in the comics is not so much a retcon as it is a oops. Oopsie oh, daisy. Yeah, it was such a bad decision. <laughs> and I don't I look at I look at the Civil War movie, I don't think there are bad decisions with the characters like there were in the books. I think every character acts with really solid internal logic, even Iron Man, and I don't think anybody's out of their character. I think Iron Man's character in this movie yeah, is I... so in in spirit to like what we've seen before with him. He's the one I disagree with. That's the only thing I have to say about it. Okay. He's the one that makes this weird, in my mind, at least. Yeah. And yeah, I agree that in we're 13 movies into the MCU at this point. Something's got to get a little fucky. Oh, and I think absolutely. that Iron Man in this movie is a little fucky, and that's okay. okay. I think that what's to come is going to be goddamn golden, because we all know it is at this point. Right. We all have seen right. them. They're all absolutely fucking incredible. Can we all agree on one thing, though? If Nick Fury yeah. was in this movie, he'd be Team Cap, like 100%. Oh. They didn't put him in this movie because they wanted him to stay completely neutral. I don't know right, if he would be. I think he'd be Team Cap. I don't think he would want to give any kind of oversight to the United Nations. For what it's worth, in the comic, he is Team Cap. He would be... Oh, I don't know. I don't know for what we've seen of Nick Fury in the MCU to this point. If If that... I think you could make a case either side. Uh, I think he's been very anti-oversight all the time, to the point where he tells people he already answers to to just shove it, and he's sending in the Avengers. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. Even though he is himself part of that problem, <laughs> part of that oversight. I think, I think that's the whole thing here. I think you just put Nick Fury in this movie and say, all right, he's going to be the oversight, and it's over. No, see, I think he would be like Black Widow the Fury and be Accord. like, I think he'd he'd be the one hand on the wheel. At least we have some control still. I think he would see the bad days coming ahead because he really knows like the bureaucracy side of it. Yeah, Black Widow is really the um, the mediator in this whole thing. She mm-hmm. is, but I think that Ryan's absolutely right because I feel like Nick Fury would be like a boys will be boys type thing of like, let, let's let them sort this thing out. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. He would probably sit back and be like, hey, I'll only convene if it's going in the wrong direction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got an eye on you, wink. <laughs> I didn't see the wink. The eye patch was in the way. That's I wrong eye. My bad. This is Nick Fury. <laughs> let me ask you boys a question. 
Ryan Tomatoes, one to one hundred. Ryan, lead us off. Uh, am I guessing the actual Ron Tomatoes or what I would give it? Do you know it? I think I can guess. You know. I think it's probably 88. Brian, go ahead. I was going to say 85. Well, you should have guessed 91 because he would have nailed it. Damn. Damn. I went low. Okay. Damn. Yeah. The audience score is 89, though, so you guys are kind of in the ballpark at least. Okay. Okay. Roger Ebert didn't see this movie because he is- Caught a bad <laughs> case of death. You know, he's dead. He's no longer with us. He's an ex Roger Ebert. Does that mean he has mutant powers? He sure does. But Joe Morgenstern from the Wall Street Journal did see this movie, and he says it's a comic book extravaganza that's enhanced by wit and audacity, not to mention the sort of action that only mountains of money can buy. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> this movie did cost $250 million to make. That's a lot of money. That's Dr. Evil money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> A.L. Scott from the New York Times also said, Captain America Civil War does not in any way transcend the conventions of the genre. On the contrary, it succeeds because it doesn't really try. Hmm. Okay. That's what? a positive review on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> it, it says it, the movie doesn't try? Or it doesn't positive try review, to, Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> it doesn't try to ascend the, the genre. That's fair. It tries to live within the genre. Yeah. According to A.O. Scott, New York yeah. Times. <laughs> I guess. It's, Don't you ever miss Roger Ebert? It's pretty pretentious. Yo. Just told them how it was. Pretty pretentious. <laughs> it's like, I like this comic book movie because it knows it's a comic book movie and doesn't try to be anything but a comic book movie. <laughs> right, and super sex. This is Roger Ebert. Wow, okay. Nailed it. <laughs> Roger Ebert loves, uh, he super, loves sex. super sex. He'd be he all about that, so that Captain America Sharon Carter kiss. <laughs> he would very much love that moment. But he would have questions. He'd be like, well, what if they did it? Wouldn't the superhuman sperm just... Anyway. Maybe it's better he's dead. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Also, I think you you guys just made the Mallrats uh, script. Oh, super sperm. Sam Lake, you're right. We did it. (laughs) Punch a hole in her. I accidentally made a Mallrats reference, and I'm pleased with myself. Because even on a subconscious (laughs) level, I love that movie. Let me tell you some folks that... uh, they're probably alive. I'm going to assume they're mostly alive. <laughs> they're doing better than Ebert right now. Uh, they're the folks on Amazon.com. Oh, boy. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Amazon.com has given this movie a 4.6 out of 5. Okay. 79% are 5 star. Yep. 2% are 1 star, but that's out of 8,600 views, that's a lot. Sure. Yeah, that's a lot of reviews. From December 20th, 2019. I liked Robert Downey Jr. better when he was coked out and giving hummers for rocks. <laughs> it's a, that's a re- wow. that's a reference from some movie. Uh, the movie of Robert Downey Jr. Twenty One Jump Street. Twenty One Jump Street. That's a quote from Twenty One Jump Street. Are you kidding me? No, that's a, is that real? That's a direct quote from Twenty One Jump Street, the Jonah Hill, uh, Channing Tatum movie. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know that was a line, but that's fantastic. <laughs> From June 16th, 2018, I get where they were trying to go with this, but I really didn't like the fighting between them, especially over things that should have been talked about or worked out. I think this is the worst (laughs) Avengers movie so far. Oh, man. First of all, not an Avengers movie. Second of all, how boring would it have been if it had just been a conversation movie? (laughs) Uh, It would have been like, hey, why don't we sit across this table and talk it out? 
let's do conflict resolution for two hours. That'll be great. <laughs> Avengers HR manager comes in. <laughs> this is Tubby Flenderson. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. God, no. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, they could have probably talked at some point, but that's not how these things work. Come on. From November 17th, 2016, this was a lame movie. Every day we stray further from God's light. What? Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, dear. Is there more to that? No. (laughs) Just interpret as you may. Oh, man. Even the Avengers are fighting each other now. I just can't. I did can't. you did too much you... negativity? <laughs> you know who's got hands? The devil. <laughs> Use it for holding the Avengers DVD. <laughs> it's perfect. Or the Captain America DVD at this point. Uh, it's not an Avengers movie. Get over it. It's not an Avengers movie. I want to see these other users' uh, other reviews. <laughs> I'd imagine they are the Passion of the Christ and said, This isn't realistic enough for me. There should have been more death and plague. <laughs> 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 I wow. just don't think there was enough suffering. Before. Not enough. Before. Baby's Day Out. Fantastic. Five star. That's right. I have this guilt on my shoulders, and I just wish everyone else would too. So I don't I don't get it. Feel like Tony Stark with all this guilt. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they do get it. I don't know. From July 18th, 2018. I did not order this. I did obviously watch it, but I did get billed for it. It's impossible (laughs) to find a real person to speak with, so I just paid the thing and went on. I watched this movie, and I didn't buy it, though, but I watched it. I I didn't buy it, but I watched it for free. (laughs) One star. I took in in the entertainment, but I want a refund anyway, because I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to watch this movie for two hours, whatever many minutes. Yeah, yeah, two hours and 27 minutes. Can, I feel like they could have cut this down a little bit. It's pretty bloated. It's a little bloated, but... Maybe fewer locations. To watch it. First of all, I didn't mean to watch it. <laughs> so, maybe it's not that bloated. Oh. From September 23rd, 2016. Very poor plot points. Seem to drag on forever. Not worth the hype at all. Should have stopped with Deadpool. What? <laughs> Wait, What? <laughs> Was Deadpool uh, even out by this point? It is, and uh, barely. It's not MCU, goddammit. How does... <laughs> I love when somebody's like, this movie was long. Correct. There was a lot going on. Correct. <laughs> they should have stopped with Deadpool. Oh, you almost had it. Yeah. <laughs> Way to invalidate the entire thing. All right, you're making some good points. Yeah, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, oh, bye. <laughs> oh, maybe one step oh, too you far. You tripped right there, huh? Yeah. From November 12th, 2016. I hated it. Hated I it, hated wi- it, hated I it. I wouldn't want my mom and dad to see blood, but I told my dad and he said the blood and feathery thing is fake. What? While he watched in Star Trek. <laughs> what? <laughs> I honestly, what is happening? Oh. What? Oh, this is this is a classic. I don't right know here. what you didn't understand. Uh literally the only thing that's not caps is the blood in February thing is fake. Everything else is caps. Nice. In this di- to yelling. To yelling. Can you can you read it one more time? And can we please? I absolutely can. Let me get in my, my troll voice. Alright. I hated it. I wouldn't. Oh, God. Wouldn't is spelled W-I-D-N-T. Naturally. I can't get over that. I wouldn't want my mom and dad to see blood, but I told my dad, and he said, colon, like Civil War, the blood and feathery thing is fake. <laughs> While he was watch I-N 
They're separated. Star Trek. <laughs> Exclamation point. Okay. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the blood is fake. He's mad that the blood is fake. <laughs> he wanted real blood. What's the feathery it's thing? Amazing. What is the, the feathery, feathery thing? Well, it doesn't matter because it's fake. You don't know that you missed the whole movie. I end Star Trek. <laughs> oh, wouldn't oh, want my mom and dad one. to see it. Oh, my God. From October 5th, 2016, Batman never shows up sad emoji. Face. <laughs> Uh, 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 I hope it's I hope it's serious. I hope it's not a troll. I think it's a troll, but I mean most likely you never it's a troll, know. but you never know. Uh, where was Batman? Do you think Batman would have been team team cap or team Iron Man? He'd been team cap. He'd been team Batman. For sure team cap. Mm-hmm. In fact, team cap would have become team Batman. You're right, Dave. <laughs> From October second, twenty seventeen. Title Robert Downey's wife. Will have her food how she wants it. <laughs> Review. What? <laughs> I can't wait. This is already one for the books. Inside jokes and nothing at stake. Robert Downey's wife not only won't get bacon on her sprouts, but she'll get an apology from the owners for ever having thought of doing something so ridiculously as putting. Bacon on Brussels sprouts. When the wife of an arrogant one-trick d-bag actor like her husband does not deserve to be offended like that. Wow! I'm so confused. <laughs> We're talking about bacon on Brussels sprouts. If you own a swanky restaurant in Santa Monica, oh I would not let them in because it's only going to be headaches, and they don't come by enough to move the needle financially. <laughs> Amazon one star review. Um, Captain America: Civil War, twenty sixteen. This is what why was that, everybody what, what does was that not deserve written? a voice on the internet. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? When was that written? October second, twenty seventeen. <sighs> Their pre-Halloween meal. Listen, Susan, we don't put <laughs> bacon on the Brussels sprouts. Okay, <laughs> we don't do it. Oh my god, I don't even. What? Unpack that however you will. Good luck. This person literally, I, it, it's an anti-Yelp review. It's, it's, it kind of is. I googled this to try to find if this was like a real story. Nothing. Nothing I think landed. this is just somebody who waited on them and is just so upset. <laughs> they were like, I gotta make, I gotta write a review of Civil War. <laughs> he tipped me 16%, which is standard. No more. I know what he made. <laughs> <laughs> All because of bacon and Brussels sprouts. Either there was bacon or there wasn't. I'm not sure. Oh, boy. From May 9th, 2016. The movie begins just like start of the movie The Incredibles. Same storyline, except the characters are less developed. The storyline isn't oh nearly as God. good as the writers aren't as witty. It's not a good movie, even if you didn't see The Incredibles. <laughs> just a lot of fighting. What? Fast forward videoing to make people appear quicker or like they're wearing a GoPro. The acting sucked. I guess in a nutshell, hated it. In a mm. nutshell. <laughs> what? What? I don't even now, know how to Ryan, let me ask that you one. this question. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this question. Uh, in terms of mom butts <laughs> in Captain America Civil War. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better than Incredibles or no? no. Hell no. No, there's not enough mom butt hell, in Captain America Civil no. War. Uh, aunt there's butt, a huge though. deficit. There's a lot of, like, I'd, I guess really toned dude butt, which is like something. Oh, 
Back to those biceps. Not the same. It's not, not the, the same. same. Yeah, I did the biceps. Yeah, the biceps are I mean, something more. Let me pull more. this helicopter over that's here. The, that's the butt of the arm. It's really, the, it comes down to it. It's the butt that of the upper the body. Butt of the arm. <laughs> the upper buddy. <laughs> this movie is kind of like The Incredibles, though. When you think about it's it, it's really not though. It's really not. It is. It's just because the Craig Sokovia T. Nelson stars. That's it. Yep, you're right, Craig T. Nelson. They want you to register. They want you to be on the level. That's, that's it. All it is. That's it. That's all it. that says to but me then is that the Incredibles the is whole also main theme Watchmen of this movie is also anything else where they they explore this idea and it's not. Yeah, that it's tells not. me that the Incredibles ripped off the Civil War comics. It came six years before Civil War comics, but that's okay. Oh, did it? Watchmen. Well, oh, sure isn't that Watchmen. incredible? Uh, I've never seen or heard of Watchmen because Alan Moore doesn't want me to. Uh, well, Alan Moore. Because <laughs> he hates, because Alan Moore hates himself so Alan fucking Alan Moore much. is a certified genius, i.e. crazy dingbat fucking nutso. You're absolutely right. From July 2nd, 2016, how did this load of crap get 90% on Rotten Tomatoes when Superman v. Batman got something like 27%? Ridiculous. <laughs> well... <laughs> It's what? not, but I, I get it. Because, yeah, these movies were very similar and like, oh, the government doesn't like superheroes and we're going to fight each other. But the difference is, uh, what, 15 movies of history and backstories and build up and character motivations that we learn instead of maybe two? Zero. It's officially zero. Is it? Is the number. Is it officially zero? If you had zero? a Man of Steel, then you, would, then you said, this man is Batman. This is Ben Affleck. This is a Batman. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> That's how this hey, one goes. Hey, That's believe true. me. This, you're not watching Armageddon. This isn't the town. This guy right here, Batman. Right. We're talking about a guy who's done someone in an uncomfortable place, like the back of a Volkswagen. The back of a Volkswagen. Volkswagen. Style, yep. Versus anything in, in Avengers Civil War. Let's call it what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i mean case in point civil war gives lip service to a scene where we acknowledge like a death of a child from a big event from one of the previous movies and like that is given more weight than like the dozens upon dozens of people batman just mows through in batman v superman without any weight or thought into the whole theme of like superpowered people versus humans and vigilanteism and should be whatever like that that movie is trying to bring up but then doesn't really address in its characters no first that's a reason i mean that's one of the reasons why these movies are different let me ask you this yo how many of those kids were named martha um (laughs) how will we know because there are now holes where their mouths should be (laughs) that's right because batman punched through their faces (laughs) he sure did that's his move Last one I have from December 22nd, 2018. Title, awesome. Review, had to have it in my collection. The main reason for the stars and trash is for Amazon, not the movie. Just wish that Amazon, Amazon would let me customer would let me. range because you're a fucking maniac. He's That's the best. Why. I love Stop him. Stop copy and pasting your typos, you fucking maniac. Oh, he makes me feel like there's still something steady and constant in this world. You're right. In these uncertain times... I can rely on Amazon not letting me sort my collection. <laughs> we all know we can't do it. Perfect. <laughs> Brian, how about we give this thing a super stuff? Hey, why don't we? Uh, but first, I have an actual trivia fact from IMDb. I'm terrified. 
Tom Holland slightly hurt his nose while doing a flip during the filming of a scene. <laughs> is that it? This is that it? has been an actual IMDb trivia fact. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't sure which one to go hurt with. His nose. But that one was definitely the best. When things hurt, they either hurt or don't hurt. Nope, slightly. How do you slightly hurt one's he nose? He hit it hard oh, enough to get that little sneeze feeling. So it wasn't like oh. a pain, <laughs> but it kind of was. Yeah. <laughs> His eyes watered uh-huh. just a little bit. Right. And that's when he was like, all right, no more flips for Spider-Man. <laughs> that's right. He went, I am Spider-Man. <laughs> and then he was oh like, man, God. I could really use a burger. <laughs> Let's give this thing a super stuff score. P.S. The first time a uh, registration was brought up was in the night in 1980 in uh, X-Men, Uncanny X-Men 141. Oh, which is that, about that makes sense. That actually makes a lot of sense. Six years yeah. before Watchmen. Super stuff. Start with story and motivation. Two. Perfect. Great. Everybody is set up, <laughs> and Dave is wrong. <laughs> And Iron Man's motivation is perfectly clear, as is Cat's. Like, it's great. Everybody makes sense where they are. The internal logic is so goddamn good that even, like, Hawkeye showing up and Black Widow's switch swap, like, they all make sense. They all make sense for characters. Two. Solid two. So I'll go a one for Hawkeye showing up, for sure, for starters. The rest of it, I I, I think it lands pretty well. I think this is one of the linchpins of the MCU. Oh, I time. think that this is the start of, the, of phase three, as Kevin Feige has told me. <laughs> right. <personally. laughs> he and, said it. <laughs> and then he made it sure. <laughs> and then he made it public, obviously. But he told me first. Oh, got it. But I think that, yeah, this sets up everything that's to come. And I think phase three is obviously the most important thing that's ever going to happen in box office history. Yeah. Realistically. Yeah. If, so yeah. Because especially let's, after let's this whole to. coronavirus thing ends, I, I feel like movies are not going to be the same thing again. So this is it. Let's go to for story motivation because wow. we're going to have some uh, some some in battling. Hey, here. I uh, didn't expect that. And I appreciate it. Heroes. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe I'm saying it either. So heroes. It's Captain America. Yep. 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 His name's in the title. He fights people. He does. Uh, is he the only hero? No, got Hawkeye, obviously. Uh, well, always. Hawkeye starts always. as a one, yep, naturally. Because yep. of the guy liner. <laughs> I think this is a weird one because I think... I don't who's... think anybody's in the hmm. wrong here. No, Everybody has their the right own either. reasons for, I don't think anyone's for doing what wrong they do. or right. Yep. And they do they, they save the day, even though the day is just... Oh, well, the do they? day is pretty much like do a they? bad high school mean girl saying... I'm going to turn you two against each other. Yeah, and you know what? Mm. They don't, because they do end up against each other. So they don't even save the day, really. Mm-hmm. No, they don't. And all the collateral damage more... along the way happens. Mm. It does. Yep. Uh, 0.25. I think you might be right there. Villains. Uh, villain is Iron Man, clearly. Uh, uh, Helmet disagree. Zemo. There are it's no villains. This is a it's movie Zemo. with no villains. Everybody Zemo is in the is gray. Zemo is 100% Disagree. Villain. He's not a villain. He's not a villain. Don't tell the Russos that. What they do you mean? A movie. I mean, he kills so many people, and for what he's reason? an antagonist. He's, he's not a villain. I'm okay going zero then, if that's the case. There are no villains in this movie. It's all gray areas. Iron Man's not a villain. Everybody has reasons for what they do, and it's just how you see 
the sides of the Avengers and their actions. There are no villains. I don't know, though. I don't know. Because Zemo kills a whole lot of people for the sole so purpose does of Bucky. just turning so does two Iron people Man. against so does each Captain other. America. It's a lot of killing. <sighs> so they all do. Falcon lights it's people up in area. <laughs> yeah, but at least the people that Captain America and Iron Man are killing are like actual bad people. Zemo is killing civilians mm. intentionally. He's blowing up buildings where there are diplomats signing into law uh, oversight against the people who he's trying to limit himself. All right. You've got me on that one. I can I, I can, think it's a, I can I can agree with that. At least a point five. Yeah. Yeah. What do we do? Um parents or teamwork here? We should probably do teamwork on this uh, one. We should. But I mean it, it is an Avengers movie. Let's call it one. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So I guess it's teamwork, in which case this this does not do it's well. Still a zero. Yeah. Uh however you're looking at it. I mean this one's oh boy. Yeah. We actually get to see Tony's parents die, and uh, that was neat. Like <laughs> I, we, we got yeah, to see I it. guess for parents dying, it was neat. Right. Right, we, we got to see it three times. So Here's a weird argument. I think the teamwork is very strong in this movie. It's just two smaller teams that have broke up and oh. realize how greatly oriented their goals are together in these smaller teams. Uh, That's not the a bad... The Avengers as a team does not work, but Team Cap really functions stronger and better than like the Avengers as a whole has been. And that's why you have, like, the great airport fight, because those teams are really fucking working in unison with their powers together against each other, finally, mm. in a way that they hadn't before. I agree and also disagree. Um, <laughs> I think you're right in that the smaller teams work very well together, but it's also, you have moments where, like, Wanda throws Widow into the plane because Hawkeye was pulling his punches. Mm, that's true. Well, she They're was, not real. she was I mean, helping him be better. So that's a great teamwork move. She was giving him instruction no. how to be better. <laughs> no. Let's, no, let's I, call I it think what it we is. have to be honest here. Uh, this is a fun, fundamentally, this movie is about the breakdown of a team. So I think For we sure. have to go zero. Fact. Yeah, yeah. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Female characters. Uh, I feel like they all kind of kick ass in, a, in their own way. Oh, okay. yeah. And, and I don't think any of them are really, I mean, other than the weird kiss with with Sharon Carter, uh, I and I'm the overlooking that because the MCU does too unceremonious so. killing off of Peggy <laughs> off screen. Uh, we also overlook that because she's <laughs> MacGuffin, nothing else. Uh, Black Widow kicks ass, a big she's time, great, big mm-hmm. time, uh, and Scarlet and Witch kicks ass because she's great, a whole lot mm-hmm. of ass. I'm still willing to go one on this one. Great May Aunt May introduction too. They call her Hot Aunt. They, they did. Which is a great uh, take. More the on Tony best take on Aunt May in a forever. Well, not you really, because Rosemary, Rosemary Harris, I called Hot Aunt for a long time. <laughs> I think I think we go 0.75 here. How did we get lower? Dave was going to give it a one. How did we get lower? <laughs> I don't know. Brian apparently got turned off by Rosemary Harris. He's not in this movie. No. no here's <laughs> the thing. We made a very good case for two females and then a bad case for two more. So... 0.75, I think. Is, uh, is... All right. right. Brian hates women. Fine. Let's keep going. Let's go. I hate poor representations of women. I knew that kiss was going to come back to haunt us. Setting. We're everywhere. We, we are, are everywhere and nowhere at the same we time. Are we are global because this is a global issue. We go to so many different places. It doesn't make sense why we go to so many places. Budget. 
I think it's arrogant to think the whole thing should happen in one location. Mm-hmm. I do too, but at the same time, why are we constantly jumping across all these different places? And why are the Russo brothers putting their stamp on this is how we're going to make a location? We're going to put the name of whatever city we're in in big bold letters across the entire screen. Oh, they definitely bam. do that. And that's what they do in Infinity War when it comes up as well. I They're making it no. Really like that though. They also do it in the uh, Daniel Craig Bond movies as well, which also adds to the feeling that this is a Daniel Craig hey, Bond movie. Hey, how about that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> But let's stop talking about the style and tone. And let's talk about setting. Let's do that. And <laughs> let's go with let's go with point five because we know they didn't film in all those places. What? Uh, oh, uh, be, uh, what? All right. I'm uh, sorry. So then, all right. Then we can never ever rate a Thor movie because they can't film in Asgard. <laughs> no. What I'm saying is that Asgard's obviously a fictional place. But what I'm saying is Lagos is not, and they filmed it in Atlanta. Oh. And the fact is, is that that's just set dressing at that point. Okay. And to me, me being the locations person I am said, okay, that ain't Lagos. I see. All right. Then I will. I'm going to go 0. 0.5 on this All one right. just because it's fine. It seemed like unnecessary jumping. It seemed like forced places for the sake of being forced places. I just, I don't want any part of like the globe trotting adventure or lack thereof movies that you're wanting of just like, we're going to be in Des Moines, Idaho, the entire movie. And that's where we're going to do all these cool action set right. pieces. So, so first of all, Des Moines, not in Idaho, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Second Jesus. of all, I am an idiot. An <laughs> Iowa movie? An Iowa movie is Field of Dreams, and I'm okay with that. Uh, uh, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. Okay. Okay, point five. Nailed it. Style and tone. One. Easy one. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm in agreement there. Uh, I'm in disagreement, but I'm prepared to be talked out of it. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I think the tone is dead on. I think the tone is perfect for what it needs to be. I think this is maybe one of the most perfect tones of the MCU, like, this movie knows what it needs to do thematically. Every scene is on point for that tone where it needs to be. I think the stakes are there. I don't think it's off. Uh, and I think the only thing you could possibly throw at it is the stylistic choices that have been made widely known on YouTube. But like, why does the MCU look so like stale and gray and colorless, which is, I don't know, a, a very prevalent thought. But like, I also don't necessarily embrace that idea and i don't necessarily agree with it here so you're saying a one (laughs) i need everybody who's listening right now to either turn your car radio off take your your earbuds out i need everyone earmuffs vince vaughn style old school because ryan just made an argument that the mcu looks gray and that's a problem (laughs) ryan has he's possibly never seen a dc movie in his life that's dark as shit. Uh, no, I have. I, 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 all right, so that's not my point. That point is made by... Who the fuck's point was it that then? That is the point <laughs> of a lot of critics out on the internet. Like, that is the prevalent theory, is that the MCU oh, we were is asking dull you. and gray and has no color palette, and I don't disagree, but, like, I think that's the only thing you could maybe label against Civil War. And, and docket against style is maybe at times it is a little gray, and I think that's most notable in its in, in its airport scene. But that's really it. I want to apologize to everybody because obviously, famous artist Vincent Van Gogh couldn't put his color scheme into the 
MCU because <laughs> of, of death. Roger Ebert death. And I think that's really <laughs> Roger Ebert MCU owns death now? <laughs> is a color palette, really. And that's depressing. <laughs> and yeah, the MCU should suffer for that because Vince Bingo cut off his fucking ear and died and couldn't come up with the color palette for the MCU. Hey. And said, therefore, it's all gray. Hey. Everybody knows that the reason Shazam is called the MCU movie of the DC is because it's so muted and not colorful. That's right, because he's a red suit, not a black suit. <laughs> All right. X-Men everything. So we're X-Men going one, one here? I think we're three. going one here. <laughs> Let's go one. Music. Speaking of X-Men, Henry Jackman. Henry Jackman. Uh, not related to you. <laughs> Um, not even a little bit. Not related to anybody with the middle name fucking either. Fun trivia. Yeah, uh, this is his third appearance on our show, and he'll have five more after this somehow. It's fine. <laughs> it's music. It's definitely there. It's, it's there. Totally fine. Uh, he actually said something. He said, um, <laughs> he composed a new main theme for the film to represent the Civil War, a-, a generic theme to balance everything out toward which all characters can gravitate. Nobody in their right mind, no artist ever has said, you want to know what I want to do? I want to make something generic and pull it off. Well, the thing is, he didn't want to do anything too character specific because he didn't want to lead the audience in one way or another. So he went generic. Yeah, so, that's exactly what George Lucas said in Star Wars A New Hope. Neat. I don't want to do any, any light motifs to lead the audience or yeah. set up anything at all. Well, it, to, to be fair, it's not like both sides were supposed to be right in A New Hope. Uh, you should watch New Hope again. <laughs> You're right. I'm... I think I'm fundamentally misunderstanding the I think um, you are <laughs> the dark side of the force, which they literally call the dark side. So zero for Henry Jackman. Yeah, nailed. Oh it. my god. Uh, oh, okay. No, Ryan, what do you have to say about? The I'm music? not going to make a passionate argument because then it's just going to be Dave's going to be like zero anyway when it's done. So I well, disagree. That's not true. That's not I, true. I disagree. If you make whatever, a good it's, argument, it's on, then it's it's on record. Henry Jackman did a good job. I think the the themes are good. You can hear Ant-Man's theme come in. I disagree, but zero out of two. Whatever. (laughs) It's not out of two. It's always been out of one. (laughs) One One-liners. I got nothing in this one. Yeah, same. I've got no passion on this one. (laughs) I can do this all day. It's just Captain America speaking. That's that's his one-liner. It is his his one-liner, but it's not .25 worthy of one-liner. I have... No defense. What about the, I thought that was a fire truck? <laughs> or I thought that was a water truck? <laughs> that was pretty That's good. That's it, man. And it's great. It's a very funny line. Does anybody it's have orange not- slices? Oh, so also good. Also Ant-Man. So also very funny. I mean, I can keep going also with orange. Or, or, sorry, Ant-Man stuff, because there's a lot of one-liners. Because the best, because Ant-Man is terrific. Ant-Man is so good, and everything he says is a one-liner. Hawkeye said, made you look once. You know what? Fuck it. 0.25 for Ant-Man. Bam. Oh, Hawkeye does say major look. Who gives a shit about Hawkeye in this situation? Retirement. Right, Take your battles for Hawkeye. I don't even know who he you made are. Lots of, All right, he made guys. lots of one-liners, too. Even when you Vision say lots, you mean romantic one-liners. The four minutes of the movie he was in? <laughs> yeah. 0.25 for one-liners. Impact on the genre. I mean, it's obviously huge, right? It's It's massive. This sets up phase three. Absolutely. Which, uh, I mean, as we all know. So let's start at one. Okay, we could start at one, but I think it's going to go up from there. Where do you think it's going to land? I'm kind of feeling it, too. Why are you feeling it, too? This is the moment where they they stop 
focusing on stories and start focusing on character. Well, not stop focusing on, but they pivot to character and they build these people up so they can tell this huge story down the road, which is going to be, you know, the greatest thing to ever hit cinema, the the biggest movie of all time. But at the same time, is you also have this is Civil War. These two characters, Iron Man, Captain America, are going at each other. And then it's really resolved by Iron Man opening up a trunk in Infinity War and saying, that shield, it's yours, bud. That's really simplifying it. <laughs> I nailed it. That's <laughs> exactly on. what happens on screen. Yeah, but, oh, so you're saying that's that's it? That's the whole thing? There's no There's no subtext. There's no conversation. There's no growth. It's just, okay, have the shield back. We're done. Let's he go. opened up a trunk. Quentin Tarantino didn't direct it. There's no subtext. Oh my god! You're right. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino is the only person who can who can do subtext. Who can open up a trunk? I agree. Come on. <laughs> you know, I think that <laughs> damn well. I think that this is a very good setup and it's a very good introduction to characters like Spider-Man, 100%. like Black Panther. Yeah. But I feel like this issue is resolved so quickly in Infinity War. That it's not resolved. I don't think it deserves. It's... It is, though. No, because they in, still in fight game. about it in Endgame. They barely fight about it in Endgame. Oh, uh, the first 30 minutes is so, there, there's like a, still a huge confrontation. Like, Tony Stark gets back and like immediately blames Steve for everybody's death. That's just because he has nothing better to do. Because he's been hanging out with a nebula who's angry oh, all the time. because he's been reserved from the point that's been made in Civil War. Since this movie, the nebula and he's Good been job. nothing right. but like stewing in it. Hey, if you think that's that's the way it goes, I'm not going to fight you. On it. I do. I think this is a two for impact on the genre. Let's do a two. That gives Captain America: Civil War a total score of seven point two five. That is lower than I thought. Well, well see, well, so. when somebody strong arms lower votes and uh, refuses to hear <laughs> logic and reason, I don't know what you can really say. Oh. Now, here's the thing is I think that podcast hosts should be registered. And <laughs> I disagree. That we should I don't really think keep they track should. of the way that they think. <laughs> I, I completely disagree with that. I think once you start registering podcast hosts, then it becomes uh, less creative control on the, on the part of those podcasts. Exactly. Cho- choose See? a side. Nailed it. Pick a side. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brian, what are we talking about next week? Next week, we're going a little more serious. We're going to be talking about Unbreakable. Oh. M. Night Shyamalan's Unbreakable. With good old Bruce Willis. He's back. Can't it's wait. It's going to be a He's back. super, super somber three hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it will. <laughs> You're not wrong. There's going to be raincoats and lifting weights. It'll be great. I imagine those are things that happen in the movie, but I don't know. Yes, there's raincoats. Perfect. Everything I've wanted in the first 80 episodes, we finally get it. Raincoats. Until then, be sure to like, rate, review, subscribe, all those different buttons at the bottom that make us happy. Click on those on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Kate Podcasters. Send us questions and comments. Podcasters at gmail.com and go subscribe to our Patreon where we're doing awesome stuff like not so super movies and Batman animation and the pull list. We have all sorts of content going up there all the time. Ryan, thanks for joining us. Guys, go listen to Experience Grind because Ryan and Kyle are the fucking man. He's singular. They're one man. <laughs> They're one man. Yeah. They're one man. It's like Combined. it's Voltron. The yeah. Oh, 
<laughs> you, you can decide who's the top half and the bottom half. It, it changes. <laughs> Already in my my head, I put Ryan sitting on top of Kyle's shoulders for some reason. Yep. Nice. Yeah, so that's what it nice. is. It's a trench coat situation, and they don't even really combine. <laughs> I feel like if Kyle heard that, he'd be super excited to be the power bottom in this scenario. <laughs> Without he'd a doubt, be he thrilled. Would be. But thank you. No, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I always enjoy uh, talking about Marvel, and thank you for putting up with what is going to be a super long ed- edit because of my rambling tonight. So I, I appreciate that. <laughs> this is going to be a fun one. Oh, you say that now. <laughs> I can't wait to sober up tomorrow. <laughs> oh, you are going to have regrets. Yeah, that's my life. You're going to be like, why did I defend Hawkeye so hard? He's not in this movie very well. well. Have you read My Life as a Weapon? He's pretty great. But I will very soon so we can do it on the pull list. (laughs) So I guess we're going to see you next week for Unbreakable. Same pod time. Same pod animal crackers. Brian, that is Captain America Civil War. Sure is. What do you think happens post-credits? I think with these teams all disbanded and and disparate and in different locations, a new team forms. And it's Sam Wilson, Clint Barton, Scott Lang, Peter Parker. And uh, they all get together and they're like, what do we call ourselves? It's like, well, obviously we're birds and bugs, but I don't know. Why don't we just wing it? And Peter Parker (laughs) says... Guys, I don't I don't have wings. I'm a spider. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. <laughs> You've gone the dad the dad joke route. Yep. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, it's late. <laughs> and... <laughs> uh, Ryan, what do you think happens? So at the end of the credits, uh it is exactly what that, that Amazon customer wanted. It is Tony Stark and Steve Rogers just sit down at a table and they they talk their feelings out for like two minutes and solve what they couldn't in two and a half hours of the movie right before. Conflict resolution. It's got heart. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Dave, how do you think this thing goes? What do you think happens after the credits? What I think happens after the credits is we get Captain America and he's wherever he is to start this movie. And then all of a sudden he's in Lagos and then all of a sudden he's in Bucharest. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, he's in Berlin. And then all of a sudden, he's in Queens. We're getting all the things that are just popping up in this movie saying, this is where this fucking person is. And eventually, he looks at the camera and goes, the name's America. Captain America. (laughs) 